This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is the mixed cast. I'm Steve Miggs with the Rev. Hi. And with a man who does not like Canada Dry tonic water. Did you think it was, I thought it was ginger ale that you were talking about? Right it was the only thing in the fridge, and I was like, well, that'll be good to rinse down a little oatmeal bar or whatever that is. And it tastes just like windshield washer solvent. <laughs> and it's a fridge that's not even plugged in, so no, it's probably it, still it's warm. warm. Yeah, yeah, it's like warm battery acid, man. Congratulations. That's Glenn Cannon, everybody. Hey, good morning. Uh, Afternoon, evening. evening. That's right. You could be listening to this whenever. Right. We could be somebody's morning, afternoon, evening, or overnight show. We're omniscient. Yeah. We're wherever you want Ooh, us to be. Google, Google that word. We're there. Uh, I, I wanted to use a big word after uh, last week's svelte. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing up the vocabulary oh, dude, game when, when Rev deployed svelte, I was like, man, <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> the SAT moment. Is yeah. it kind of warm in here? It is. I it turned is. down the heat because, okay. uh, yeah, um, BJ's uh, little princess of a daughter, yeah. Sarah, has to have it at like 80 degrees in here, yet refuses to wear anything but a t-shirt. I don't understand how that's still a thing. Uh, every time I see it, I come in here and I'll turn it down. Yeah. So I'm trying. I don't understand hard. how. So what? It, she she just likes things warm. Super warm. It's so like, she's like the age of my grandma, who's now dead. <laughs> Dude, it's, <laughs> so it's really old. It's like a hundred. It's like any female. I swear to God, they're just cold blooded beasts. Yeah, my wife's that way too. Like, yeah, I have to sleep half out from under the covers, and then I beg mm-hmm. my wife to open the window, and she's like, "The birds will make noise in the morning." I'm like. That's God's love. Let's open these windows, please. I have right. I have the window. That's God's love. I have the window open a crack, and fortunately, it's right by um, where where my pillow is. So it'll just kind of go right yeah. there. Get a nice little breeze. I need that. Oh, me too. I I, um, so I sneak it a lot because um, when it's windy, we have these blinds that make ticking sounds when the wind oh, passes through yeah, them. And yeah. she hates that. I hate that. But I'll sneak it. I'll open my window on my side of the bed, and I'll get away with it for like four days. And then you know you hear tick 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 tick, and she'll be like, "Is your window open?" And I'll be like, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe it was. I had no idea, you know, like." Dude, I got we got lucky. Who would have done such a thing? We wound up. We got air conditioning a few years back, right? Oh. So, and it's central air. So there are times because even now, last night, I still like right before we go to bed, I turn the air conditioning on, yeah, and put it to like sixty four. Yeah. Airflow, man. Right. So, and then I sometimes I try and remember to turn it off when I leave work, but I'm, it's early. It's like two thirty in the morning when I'm trying to get out of a house or two forty five. And I forget that sometimes in the hell get the text. Did you put the air conditioning on? <laughs> she wakes up in a, she's like in a walk-in cooler when she right. wakes up. Because like I don't mind like going to bed where it's like slightly warm in our bedroom, you know, whatever. But like I know at some point in the night I'm going to wake up sweating. I hate mm-hmm. that. I hate yeah. it too. I hate that man. I'd rather be freezing cold with Dude, like extra comfort. That makes the best snuggle, man. You make it slightly chilly, you grab get the woman, you grab the blankets. <laughs> Life is good. I probably shouldn't say get in there, but just get in there. I didn't take it that way for Thank a change. You. Thank you. I'm glad that <laughs> we, somebody doesn't always think I'm saying perverted crap, Rev. <laughs> hey man, don't look at me. We just finally turned on our heat. 
like yeah. yesterday. It's Last a, night yeah. we had to because I was finally getting cold. I mean, I got a lot of insulation, so <laughs> I'm usually pretty cool on that end. But it's getting to be that time. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is, man. Oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm excited because I like cold temperature. Like Fall's my time of year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that you can do a light jacket or not weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, I miss driving with all the windows down on my car. That's one of my favorite things, too. But uh, fall. Falls the, oh, it's the best. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's just the perfect temperature. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So we got lots lots of stuff going on. Um, yesterday was my birthday. I wanted to start things off by happy wishing myself birthday. a happy birthday. Happy birthday, man. I, I had already been <laughs> trained. My whole brain is like, his birthday's on the 8th. So happy I know. birthday, oh, you, dude. Yeah, because yeah, we're celebrating my birthday October Would you like 8th. a Canada Dry tonic water? Yeah, it's, oh, my God. I thought to bring you. Dude, that's what I wanted. <laughs> I've dented it beneath the drinking hole so that's you won't exactly spill any while like driving. It. Yeah, it's a, it's a handheld grip one, right? For the Kung Fu action. Grip. Oh my right. goodness! <laughs> Happy birthday, man! Thank you, uh, and I hope everybody comes out and celebrates my birthday, which is this Saturday night. Going to be at Studio Seven with Window Pain. We're going to be with Mock Society, Wyatt Only, and the Wreckage Superfecta, Clover Jane, and also Ten Miles Wide. Plus, the Rev and I are going to be singing with Window Pain, which Live is terrifying. That's going to yeah. be awesome because it's going to be streamed to every country in the entire world. For, uh, per oh, 40 I forgot one, about or, that. Yeah, the oh, guys God. in Rock oh, Rage, sorry. John over at Rock Rage Radio, is putting that together. So yeah. Um, and yeah. this has to be one take. Like when I was in the studio just doing my one line, and I hit the one take, I was kind of disappointed because oh, you, nailed you wanted it. to keep going. Yeah, I just want <laughs> to keep doing it. And now, now it's going to be. Like, I know well, that feeling. Now I have to do it on one take. And was there a um, camera rolling in the booth when Rev sang? I don't think no, so. I because man, when you hit your and you hit it on one take, everyone one take, one pass. He sang it once and he was done. But everyone in the mix booth. Was jumping up and down, screaming and wailing. Like that's crazy. That's so you, awesome. You basically started a riot. We were all like, "Yes!" <laughs> Dude, we were all so jacked. Everyone for you. was when you yelled that. No, everyone was over, like completely out of out of their minds. That like, is so it cool. It was really awesome. Because I think we were all experiencing. Uh, and for those that don't know, I mean, if you're listening to the Mix Cast, I, this is a very random episode just to start listening to. But I appreciate that. <laughs> but for anyone out there, probably knows that this this ongoing saga of building the brand new Beat Migs theme song, which we wound up doing with. Jonathan Plum over at London Bridge Studios, which was amazing. The boys in window pane came in and just knocked it out of the park. I mean, talk about, I mentioned on the air, you guys, A, creatively and artistically write amazing songs, but then, like, as far as just being solid, like, you know, like just gifted. Like as far as like you just came in, you knew your parts, and you nailed it. Like there was no like I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. Should we do it this we way? Did three, maybe three passes. We I were think. we were taping uh, all, a lot of you guys playing, and not realizing and not having been in a studio before, it looked like you guys were just practicing. Cause right? Because it was just everyone has their headphones on, and you're plugged into the system, so uh, uh, you know uh, Jonathan Plum can can record it and play it's it. Jonathan Plum, not Jonathan Plumkin. Plum- he said Blum can. I, no, I Wait, said Plum. Wait, now he said Blumkin. Plum oh, this is terrible. Space can. <laughs> Jonathan, don't listen to this episode, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I knew what he meant. I knew what he meant. You didn't but, have to yeah, go there on him. <laughs> I didn't even realize that you guys were recording it. I thought it, you were just running through the motions, and then you were like, oh, yeah, we're done with that. Our, our parts other than the solos. I'm like, what? You're done? Oh, I'm glad I got video of it. Yeah. Thanks. Well, <laughs> it's thanks. It's amazing. Man. Well, it was cool. I mean, that, and it, plus, I mean, it is a punk song, and we wanted a loose, raw feel, but it's really one of those things where, honestly, for us, us, we go after it, and unless one of us makes a dude, I definitely screwed that up type of thing. We all just kind of lean back and look through the glass at Jonathan, and Jonathan was like, "Sounds like a rock song." Kind of nodded. That yep. means all right, let's do it again. And I think we did it three times, and he was like, "Come listen, guys, I think we've got it." And we were all like, "Well, let's do it again," because you know. You're, but yeah, I think we heard the third pass, and we were like, 
cool, and Jonathan's kind of smiling like, hey, we, guys, we got this, you know? Oh, it was great. Um, it was great just watching we, how I mean, quickly we, you guys worked. We rehearsed up. We yeah. we always rehearse up and, and work it, and, you know, like Matt Koch swung by the rehearsal space last night and heard us jamming that in our, you know, in our space uh-huh. uh, mid-set. And Working he was on telling the beat me about it. Oh, he yeah. was just bouncing up and down like, that's going to be awesome. And I'm like, yeah, man, it, it's going to be fun. I'm excited because, like, yeah, so we're going to be, you know, why don't we play the song? And cool, then, yeah, yeah. That way, at least people can understand, have a little context. In case you haven't heard it on BJ and Migs or you haven't seen it on, it's on Facebook, it's on YouTube, it's on my blog. I mean, just look for it. You'll be able to find it. It's on KSW.com. If you want to download the song and have it for free, more than happy to do it. Uh, just go ahead and download it and put it on your iPod or whatever it is, <laughs> if that's what you kind of want to do. But so we create the song, we go in the studio, we get to record with Jonathan Plum from London Bridge Studios, a, a, a place and also a guy who's worked with bands like Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Blind Mel. And uh, a man, Soundgarden. The list goes on and on and on, and window pane as well. Uh, and and here we are, finally getting it done. We have a finished product for you to hear. It's the meat beat the meat migs. It's the what? beat migs theme. Meat migs. Meat migs. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> microphone i'm gonna encourage the fans the people in the crowd to do the clapping thing oh you should oh yeah man you get right? the whole room clapping that'll be great and dude we can drag this out oh, i was gonna ask forever so i can introduce the band and, and give a speech and rally the troops because basically when i start wow. singing you know he will be yeah. anyone that'll be our cue to drop back in so the yeah. whole the whole band can sit there while you and rev Work the crowd oh. endlessly. Oh, I'm, oh, 
I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to be wasted by the, this point in the night. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Here, I'm worried about whether or not I'm going to remember the words. And he's like, dude, I won't know where I am. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is going to be such an epic night. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Just understand that when I get wasted, I do like to get on soapboxes. <laughs> Ten minutes later. Hold, come on, guys. Keep holding it. <laughs> Poor Tony's hands are bleeding. not done yet. Sean's giving me the finger while playing the drums. Nah, Sean just smile and keep bashing him, man. <laughs> Let's keep going. He's got his pants off. He's talking about Trump. Yeah! <laughs> Sean, wow. Sean's got your back, dude. He's not going to make America great again. I'm going to make America great. <laughs> I'm making it great right now, bitches. Start singing, Glenn. Hurry it up. Let's get out of here. Well, I can see it now. I'll be like, he will beat anyone. That is what I was trying to tell you people. Is that truly what he just keeps cutting me off? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to end the song. I am so pumped. That's going to be so much fun. You know, Rep's looking at Paul oh. Hudson in front of the house, giving like, him the chop oh, the mic yeah. symbol, you know? They're flashing a light at me, not just like a flashlight, but an actual like giant like like construction zone light. <laughs> Everyone in the Shut crowd. Shut the hell up, Steve. Is getting kind of worried. Yeah. Like, Steve's lost okay? his no, mind. It'll be cool. Okay? I think people are going to go wild. Oh, cause, yeah, because oh, we're going to have uh, Danny and Vicky film it as part of the Beat Migs music video, which they have this in-studio footage, but they want to get live footage as well. Cool. Oh, so yeah. my whole point and my whole goal at that point oh, from the clapping part on is to get everybody to lose their blanket minds in I the audience. I dressed like, up then. Well, you can do whatever you I'm want. Gonna, that, that being the deal, I'm going to start uh, in our promotions letting people know that we'll be filming the official video yes. during our set. Yes. Um, so that people aren't like, man, I'm tired. There's been six bands. I think I'll now Uber it out of here. You want to no. stay at least for the video shoot right. portion yeah, right? of the set. Which I don't think that's going to be an issue. I was going to say, at well, that point you take like a Jaeger bomb and you get going. That's right. Well, I think we're scheduled to hit the stage. <laughs> Windowpane hits the stage at 11.15 and we've got, oh. about a, we got a 55 minute set and Beat Migs is the third song from the end. All right. So we're going to be right around the midnight hour. Pretty much at midnight is the when yeah, when the clock strikes 12, that's when probably you guys will be up there, you nice. know, inciting so a awesome. riot. And and all I know is that starting at around 6 p.m. is when the party bus Levi and uh, Lion Pride party buses are coming to pick me up in my house, maybe around 5.45. That way I could get in. Man, what yeah, kid, we'll, like, he's getting picked up at his house oh, by a party bus. Oh, a yeah. concert's being thrown in his honor. It's my freaking birthday, He's bitch. shooting a video on stage at the concert in his honor. Heck yeah. I mean, McCartney doesn't get this kind this of accolades. Right. You seriously need the Biggie crown, man. Yeah. Just off the side of your head right yep. there. It's, it's my party. You know, In fact, I even chopped off my wife's leg so that way I could be fully McCartney. <laughs> wow. And have a peg-leg wife. That might be a little too far. Oh, is it? <laughs> My well, bad. No, because the next move, I think, is she takes all your stuff. Yeah. She takes all my stuff. When I went to go And all I've got pain. is this leg. <laughs> <laughs> Peg leg. I am stuck with it. <laughs> wow. That's, see, that's a pro we need to start filming these because if you could have seen the look on his face when he was trying to come up with that lyric, we need a camera in here just for stuff like that. Like a GoPro on each of our oh, microphones. Oh, yeah, man. The look on his this blank, yeah. desperate, is, is expressionless. That, is that constipation? I am stuck with no, it. No, no, no. And that is why I was never a songwriter. <laughs> I'll just play drums. Uh, well, you know, when we were tracking the Beat Migs theme, Jonathan, and I think, oh, good. I think half for fun, Jonathan set us up as such that we were looking at each other through a glass door, 
while we were tracking the vocals. Yeah, we did it live. Well, live. You know what I mean? Like we did it at the same time. We didn't like one person do a yeah. part and then go in and, and, and keep adding we, layers. We, yeah, we tracked that duet, so to speak, live. Yes. We really did. Um, and looking at each other through glass. And that was half half the fun was like, you know. You guys get into it. Oh, it like, was you a guys riot, were totally into it. it was fun to watch you two go back and forth. Well, oh. I think we were both smiling like a couple three-year-olds that got away with the entire cookie jar, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, dude, this is happening. Yay. My favorite and i'm pretty sure he wound up using because we did what two takes two takes that. i think it was i think he focused mostly on the second take because the second take had way more confidence at least on my end you were fine on both takes but the first take i remember we went ran through it i could not see jonathan from where oh, my from so where my booth was because i was in the eddie vetter booth yeah you were now uh, glenn i believe was in the jerry cantrell booth and you could see jonathan yeah. and what was going on with after we finished when our we, vocal take because uh, jonathan jonathan knew we were doing this and jonathan knew that steve was a drummer and not necessarily a singer that had been that had been laughed about a bit i appreciate that you made it a point to tell him that before i did my vocals yeah that and, was very and, kind and he, of you he got he got what we were going for that this was a fun cool thing um we got in there and played our nuts off just because that's what we love to do, right? And so now it's vocal time. And Steve and I are facing each other. And so the window to my right, if you look through there, I was looking up through the mixer and I could see Jonathan. And, and Steve and I did our back and forth vocal and had a riot. And then it dropped into that outro solo. And I looked up at Jonathan to basically give him the nod like, hey, man, that's, that's it. That's where the vocals stop. And I looked up. And he had his head <laughs> in his hands, like his face was in his palm, and he was just staring. At his I was feet. standing right behind him the whole time, and yeah, it was, it was that. It, it's that when you're really trying not to laugh at right. the person, but it's effing hilarious. Yeah, and even if they're, if even if everyone is in on the joke, it is so ridiculous. Because nothing helps my confidence more know, right? than everybody going, "I don't know what we're gonna do I, with this." Because I think I said something like that. Because I saw that and lost it, and then I was like, "So, Jonathan, did we get it?" And I I think he said something like, "Well, we we got something." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. It was like, yeah, it was. Well, he did sing. Oh man, it was something like that. It was, it was like at that moment he realized what he was involved in. Like yeah. before that, he was like, "Oh man, this could be X and Y." And at that point, he realized it was Q. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. It was awesome, man. Oh, it was dude. so much fun. John, there was a, a serious trooper for putting up with me trying to sing. But, oh, man, he had a ball. He had so much fun that day. Man. It was so much fun hanging out with everyone. The improv to interview that you guys I was setting up to track my guitar solos and I rolled in and, and Steve and Jonathan were just kind of sitting there and the cameras were rolling and they were just having a conversation and then I just sat down quietly and it unfolded into a really cool Thanks. interview mm-hmm. like well that's what you do and there's Jonathan I don't do and, singing clearly <laughs> <laughs> well, but that, I, I sat there quietly on the couch for about 20 minutes and watched that unfold and it was really I mean I'm sure you guys will all have access to that later but he talks yep. about being yeah, in Mickey's studio together, with Cantrell uh, and, and being being in studio with 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 the Pearl Jam guys and uh, where Jerry and Lane were at in their creative career at the time. And that was super interesting. Even getting into the Blind Melon records, he's like, yeah, actually, the B Girl thing was an afterthought. That that song, um, No Rain, was an afterthought. It really wasn't. You know, they're like, well, let's do this. It'll be kitschy and fun. They didn't expect it to be the Runaway single. And then he's like, yeah, actually, when we did the snapping track, we needed to. He was one of the people snapping because him just, and the drummer. They had, That's you needed crazy. additional hands doing that thing. And and you know, I just watch you two have a conversation. And I would forget for a minute that the cameras were rolling, but. That 
was for me it was killer. I was four feet from that interview while it was happening, and I was like, "Oh, this is rad! Oh. <laughs> it was really cool, man. That and was so cool." Vicky's putting together like a little behind-the-scenes documentary of the beat mix thing, and I'm sure a lot of that footage will oh, end man. up on whatever she's putting together, which will hopefully be out sometime soon, as well as the music video and yeah. all that. But the, man. The, the whole day, I think there's a shot of that in some of the Migs blog stuff. But uh, Jonathan rolled out because he was telling us that you know uh, Chloe Dancer was done all on the black keys. And we're like, oh, you're kidding. He's like, no, man, the way you play that, it's actually all done on the black keys. And that piano has a real distinctive sound when you play it correctly. And I think that was the last thing that happened that day Mm -hmm. was Jonathan drugged Steve out to the piano and was sitting there trying to suss it out. I was like, yeah, check it out, man. And Every once in a while I hit the right notes and and I was like, oh, 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 that's it. I don't know about you, but I was like, I got quick goosebumps because I mean, that's one of my favorite, not only Mother Love Bone songs. It's a legendary song. Right. And the piano is what makes it legendary. Mm, That whole front half. Yeah. It's just that, that, it's just something beautiful about that piano sound. Mm. And to hear it in the room was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. This is unbelievable. That was cool. I mean, that was, that was the thing about that whole day. I mean, that whole day was just energy, excitement and fun. And there were a lot of really, you know, like everyone jumping up and down when Rev sang, yep. to <laughs> capturing the the music as it went, to the impromptu interview with Jonathan, and out there talking with Jeff Ott. And, um, Eric, a little boy, yep. came by, brought us a big old bag of grapes and a really nice bottle of wine, just to say hi and thanks for being at the studio. So there was like, it seemed like every 10 minutes, something really cool was happening. Our buddy Wyatt Olney, also well, from Wyatt, Wyatt Yeah, Wyatt Olney popped by at the with, end of the day to say hi. Beers, yeah, yep. with, a, with a 12-pack of Stella. Tony and Mark went and bought a fifth of Jack Manuels. That was so funny. Eric showed up. He's like, I brought you guys some wine. Tony was like, oh, would you like a shot of Jack Daniels? He's like, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had, like, We're all drinking Jack Daniels, but... um, We had like a plethora of pizza. Yeah, man. I mean, oh, yeah. so good. I, oh, that's right. That's right. I got to expense that still. Every, I almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but it just seemed like every 10 minutes something, you know, like I walk in and Tony's tracking a solo and everyone's jumping up and down screaming and wailing like that whole day right up to the minute when we were like, we've got to get out of here. They have to wrap things up. And that moment was Jonathan like, hey, come here, man, I'll show you. Yeah. You know, Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns on the piano it was played on. And there was just a lot of really exciting and magical, like, that day, I'm still kind of looking back on last week. Oh, man, I can't even believe all that went down. Dude, it was so much it fun. It was really amazing. It was uh, To do that with you guys was really, really cool. Like I, you know? Likewise. I mean, I remember I, I came home glowing I, just the entire day. The next day, I know Rev and I kept talking about mm-hmm. how cool that was. I mean, it, it wasn't like it was just like, okay, that was done and that was fun. Like the memory still, like it's very vivid in my head. And just the entire process, like a couple of listeners brought it up. They said, while well, listening to the song, and it was like random listeners, not like same number. It was a couple different people. And I thought it was very interesting that they both brought up that it sounded like we were having fun. Like the song itself, like when you're listening to the song, you could hear the fun that we're having in the studio, which which I was like, wow, that's kind of cool that that translated. And then yeah. my favorite comment, though, was uh, somebody wrote and goes, wow, there is proof to the to the notion, uh, something like, well, you proved them wrong or something like that. You can polish a turd. <laughs> like, Thank you. I'm very aware that my voice is the turd. But here, in all fairness, I want to explain to you guys something. I have some audio to play for you to make you understand that this is not my fault. My singing skills do not fall on just me and me only. It's oh, a, yeah? It's hereditary. Oh, no. <laughs> my parents yesterday called. I missed the call. And uh, well, th- well, I purposely Did they sing to you or I something. Purposely missed it, and I mentioned it on BJ Migs. And I forgot to play this this morning. We'll probably play it tomorrow. Um, my parents always sing the happy birthday song to me, like clockwork. Every year, if I don't answer the call, they're singing the whole song, and it's always adorable and awesome and terrible at the same time. That's killer. So, without further ado, here is the world premiere of Mom and Dad Migs <laughs> singing Happy Birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday, dear Stephen. Oh. Happy birthday to you. I think your mom's out of pocket. Love you. Happy, happy birthday. Hugging kisses. Love you. Love That's you. awesome, though. Yeah. That's awesome. It's so great. <laughs> no, my, yeah, my mom forgot what they were singing, I think, for a, a couple of seconds. <laughs> <laughs> It, they were both uh, in tune on the Steven part. I yeah. love that. I just love it. I just Steven. Yeah. So if you guys want to make fun of my voice, now you understand where I got it. That's amazing. You think Jonathan Plum could help them out too? Maybe we could do a reworked version of the Happy Birthday song. He's just song? sitting there with his face in his hands again. <laughs> yeah, guys, let's uh, let's just go after it again. <laughs> he did end the night the day with. I'd love to do some more fun stuff with you guys. We have a new project, Jonathan. It's Mom and Dad Meg right. singing Mom, the Mom birthday song. Mom and Pop Megs. Oh, well, window pane will back them. Yeah, what wow. do we do? Inner Sandman featuring Mom and Pop Megs or something, man? <laughs> Dude, so that happened last week. And then on Friday, uh, a bittersweet moment happened for me. As I've talked about over the years, I'm a big hockey guy. I play hockey with my buddies. We play often in Tacoma at a place called, well, it's a Puget Sound Hockey Center, but it's called the Meat Locker. And if you've been keeping up on like Como 4 News, they reported on it, the Tacoma News Tribune as well. The building that they have, the rink, for the last 24 years just got sold to a new owner. And they thought, okay, well, we're just going to have to renew our lease and all that. The new owner comes to them and says, well, we're uh, going to not offer this lease up to you guys. In fact, we need you to move out by the end of the month. There it is. Right. So now there's this- Are they putting in condos with shopping in the bottom floor? Rumor has it, no. That- oh, that's surprising. In Seattle, I thought that was a new Seattle State flower, man. Just condos with shopping in the bottom floor. I mean, that's what this entire city's become. Well, I, I believe turning it into a marijuana grow up. <laughs> Oh, well, okay. That's also That's something this Seattle. entire city. <laughs> right. I was going to say, I was like, wrong, but kind of close in the fact that it's very Seattle-centric. Oh, man, a buddy of mine uh, on my newsfeed the other day, uh, Jamie Lockhart, a guy from the East Coast, put up a thing like, man, it's so funny if they legalize weed, what will the commercials be like? And I was like, and I thought about that. I'm like, oh, that's actually regional humor because here it's legal. And I put up a thing. I'm like, actually, man, there's been no commercials, but there's billboards everywhere. Oh, so many yeah, billboards. And the billboards are really quite tame. It's really, you know, they're they're honestly all the marijuana billboards are pretty pretty chill. My favorite one is one that just says weed. That's on clear it, choice and cannabis. Arrow. Yeah, weed <laughs> and an arrow. Right. That's right. By I drive by that one all the time, and it just says gy words weed. Do you guys know? You know the ganja goddess the, with the brunette. Is she actually the owner of that, or is that just a model? That's what I want to know. Is she the ganja goddess? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? No, but do you think it's like, a, it's like a pretty brunette on all of them, and the place is called Ganja Goddess. Do you think it's, it's like Vern Fonk, where Vern Fonk wasn't really Vern Fonk? Oh, I didn't know Vern Fonk wasn't Vern Fonk. Is yeah. he actually Clark Kent? What? No, I, did, like, I, I didn't know. The guy who plays Vern Fonk is not Vern Fonk. Wow. Mind blown. Oh, and so he you could go into Vern Fonk. Yeah, oh. The guy that played Vern Fonk. Yeah. Wow. So do you think they would have Vern Fonk now play Vern Fonk, or would that kind of be weird? I think they're just going to get away from all of those ridiculous things, which is sad, because oh. those are my favorite. Local, I want to, can I pitch a commercial concept? Yes. I just want to pitch okay. a concept where the commercial is, so the commercial comes up, and it's just a street, there's cars passing by, maybe some trees in the background, and it's just that for a minute with live audio of whatever street sounds, trees, mm-hmm. whatever, for, say, 20 seconds. And then the screen goes black and it says, you know, this advertisement brought to you by Vern Fonk's ghost. Uh, honk if you love <laughs> Fonk, et cetera. <laughs> so we can basically have Vern Fonk's ghost selling me The ghost of Vern Fonk. You didn't see it? Man, my, my roommate freaked out. You couldn't see it. You must not have the touch. Totally saw it. You don't have the shining, you know? <laughs> like, no, no, no. I totally. And you get everyone being like, no, I totally saw it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. What are you talking about? No, his ghost is in the hedges, man. Dude, if, I, like, leave, <laughs> if I leave this planet while we're still doing the Migs cast, I give you guys full permission. 
permission to continue the Migs cast with the ghost of Migs as one of your cohorts. Oh, I would love that. We're just going to respond, and everyone's yep. going to be like, You don't hear him? You don't hear it? Yeah. Like, dude, did you? <laughs> I know, I've never seen such. <laughs> if you can see his face right now. His and they didn't think face. we're both highly medicated. Yeah. Or, you I know. think we might have to. That's fine. <laughs> but I give you guys permission. The ghosts, that way the, 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 the show continues. Drop acid, grab a Ouija board, and see if we can bring back Steve. <laughs> I'm Every sure this will work out. On hallucinogenics, I'm sure we'll be successful. Like, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> we brought back Steve and Charles Tandy, who's really upset about the direction Radio Shack went after his passing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Next week, I think. Vern Funk's going to join us as well. <laughs> and Dave Niehaus. I didn't know that Vern passed. Was he hit by a car? Did he die in a car crash? <laughs> I don't know exactly how he passed. I think it was a little bit more tragic. Was, than he, was he run was... down by an uninsured motorist? Or... No, it was cancer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Thank That's a... Yeah. Oh! God damn it! So, now you make fun of the dead and you drop an S-bomb. Wow, Glenn. Oh, well, you brought up the C-word, man. All of a sudden, gets his beat MIG song in heavy rotation on the rock, and he just thinks he could be a rock prima donna. Dropped an S-bomb. I like it. You know, part of it is, though, is- Oh, we- yeah, sure. Come up with excuses, Glenn. <laughs> this is fairly legitimate. I don't know if Rev noticed it, but while you were talking about, which we should circle back to your hockey rink that's, that's being yeah, torn we'll down for the sake of marijuana, which may or may not be an awesome thing, but <laughs> you guys have to picture, in we're in a production studio, and it's tied to the air studio. And when I look at Steve, behind Steve, every time we tape this, is Mr. Ryan Castle doing his program. Yeah. Well, I was looking at you, and I looked out, and there was Ryan with his headphones on, dancing, and he had on a pink bejeweled tiara. Is that what that's called? Yeah, a little yeah, princess yeah, crown? Yeah. Did you see that? No. Usually, usually, my, yeah, usually, usually he's blocked from me because he is such a distraction for me. Like, my, yeah. I have this stuff in the way. I just want to throw down, Ryan's not being filmed. No one's watching him. He's just doing his program. And I looked out past Steve, and there's Ryan, and he's dancing. He's got his hands up, like kind of air snapping. And he's got a pink tiara on his head. And that's why I was a bit distracted there for a moment, and I just wanted to throw that you out. Gotta awesome. You gotta be you, man. You gotta be you when you're rocking out. There have been times we've been distracted because Ryan, sometimes, like, he gets really, like, like intensely eats his food, mm-hmm. and so we'll do like play by play of Ryan eating food. It's some of the most entertaining stuff. Like just the way he's prepared it, the way that he's chopping oh. things up, the way that he's putting it in his mouth, and it's just there's a whole thing. Ask yeah. him for, in order to get that into your in, into the mindset. You got to ask him at some point about his food because he's really really intense, and then you realize that he is just thinking about that food as much as he loves talking about it, and he eats it that way too. Just wow, blah. cool, it's crazy. I love it. So getting back to the meat locker. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So let's. So they're tearing down. Is is it going to be moved to another location? Yeah, they're they're, they're hoping to move to a new location. That's kind of like by Bates Technical in the T- Tacoma area, and it's hopefully going to be turned into a two sheet facility, which means there's going to be two sheets of ice. So two different rinks in one in one building. Oh, cool. Which would add way more for youth hockey, adult hockey. It'd be a great thing. So there is. That's why it's kind of bittersweet. Like there is. There is something cool that's going to happen, fingers crossed, but... But you're losing something. You're that's... losing, for a lot of us, for some way more than me. Like, some of my buddies have been there since day one. Oh, wow. Others have been there... I've been there for, like, seven years, and it truly is my second home. Like, I mean, I probably shower there just as much as I shower at home, which is not that... I'm not, like, pig pen, but I just play a lot of hockey there, so uh-huh. I a lot of showers, yeah. <laughs> um, so, on Friday, we decide, you know what? We're ending this in true style. So, Friday afternoon, we do our, our afternoon hockey. That explains the keg stand. Yes. It's all coming together. Go, go, yes. go. Yeah. So that's what happened. So one of our guys is like, you know what? Screw it. Sorry. <laughs> we're just going to get a keg and we're just going to make wow. it a whole day affair because we knew a lot of guys are going to show up, people from the past. It's a pretty monumental moment for us hockey guys. 
He shows up with a keg, of course, light, like a good man does. <laughs> brings it into the lo- Originally, he thought he couldn't bring it into the locker room because typically they, they don't really, they frown upon that kind of behavior, like to bring in like a giant keg. So he decides to prop it up on the back of his pickup truck and then run the cords through the window, and that's how we can drink the beer. That's hilarious. That's awesome. And so yeah. the guy running, like the guy who's like in charge of collecting the money for the rink, who works for the rink, goes, guys, it's way less obvious if you just bring it in the locker room. Like, <laughs> Good <yeah>. call, sir. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does bring attention. Perhaps you're right. There's a giant keg on the outside of a truck wiring its way through into the locker room. Oh, I wonder what that is. Yeah, I guess that is kind of a dead giveaway of what we're doing. <laughs> so we bring the keg in. We're drinking. We're having a good time. We go play hockey. We're done with hockey. And Munson thought, wouldn't it be awesome if I could do like a keg stand on the ice? I'm like, dude, they're never, they don't even like us bringing beers to the, on the bench. Like, I get it. It's like, you know, you don't want to have like make it visible. You could drink in the locker room, but just don't bring it on the ice. Well, as we're getting off the ice, one of the ladies who owns or own, runs the rink and doesn't own the building, but owns the, the hockey center. We're like, hey. Would it be okay if we go grab the keg and just bring it on the ice for a couple quick pictures? And she's like, no rules today, boys. Go ahead. Nice. Yeah. This is awesome. I'm driving the Zamboni. Right. (laughs) So the guy's driving the Zamboni. He's like, what the hell is going on? She had to go over to him and goes, just let, just go around them. Don't, Don't worry run them about over. It. Right. Don't get mad at them because typically they'd be like, get the F off the ice, which I understand. It's a, it's a liability. So we go grab the keg. We bring it out to center ice. And now everyone's doing keg stands. Right. See, when you sent me that photo, I, I couldn't help it. It was an instinctive knee jerk thing. It's cold. Yes. In a hockey rink. It's yes. cold there. Mm. And that, that keg is, is cold. That's convenient. But I saw keg stand happening and all I thought was, okay. Dude's hands are going to slip. He's going to fall. Right. He's going to knock his teeth out. Yep. And it won't be a warm knockout. It'll be an ice cold teeth knockout. Yep. And Steve sent me that photo. He was like, check it out, bro. And I replied, watch your teeth, fool. <laughs> and it was like T-E-E-P-H-F-O-O. Like, I just saw that and cringe. It was like, someone's getting their teeth knocked out. Oh, God. Oh, God. I panicked <laughs> when I saw that photo, man. I was like, Mima on the stage. Don't do that, son. <laughs> You're going to knock your teeth out. <laughs> oh, teeth out. <laughs> it freaked me out. But that now I, now I get the backstory on all that. So now everyone, like Munson does it. My buddy Jay does it. A couple other guys do it. And all I'm thinking is, and full disclosure, I've never done a keg stand in my entire life. I've been to many really? keggers. I've been to many, I just, you aren't a frat. I know. I thought that's just what you do. I've Somehow, never, I've never done a keg stand. Right. Well, neither have I. I've beer, I'm a frat like he's like huh? beer bongs makes beer sense. Bongs. See, keg stand. Why would you invert me? I, I've never understood that. And that's part of why, up until recently, with my newfound love for roller coasters, I've always had an issue with being upside down. I just never liked that feeling, that sensation. So, originally, when they were all doing it, I'm like. Yeah, I'm just going to help people. I'll film it, and that'll be my out. So that way, I'm filming everybody, and oh, we now need to get the keg off. And then something hit me. I go, if, you, if there was ever a time- This is the time. To do a keg yeah. stand, this is the time. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. So I get all propped up. They lift me up. I don't realize that it's in your best interest to keep your legs super straight and don't bend them. But I'm in, I got big gear on. I got my goalie gear yeah, on. They were in full regalia, yeah. everyone. If you're picturing this, they weren't just in t-shirts and jeans. They no. were in their hockey uniforms. Right. And that's on, like yeah. a, I think, yesterday's blog. If you go to it on KSW.com, <laughs> you can see the video. It was dope. Pictures. I saw the photos. <laughs> oh, and I was like, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, watch your teeth. <laughs> so they lift me up. And my feet fly forward. Now I'm holding onto the keg, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to just flip over. And then I look down, and I'm like, oh my God, that is hard ice down there. You're going to knock your teeth right. out. So now I'm holding <laughs> on for dear life. And at that moment, I'm, a million things are going on. And my buddy Nacho, yes, his name is Nacho, 
he has the keg thing and just shoves it in my mouth and just starts squeezing. Yeah. Now all of a sudden I'm like, oh boy, now I've got a mouthful of beer. So I'm chugging it. I'm trying to chug it, but he's not slowing down. I guess I'm supposed to like do a tap to like, hey, slow it down. And it's just firing into my mouth and it's like, (laughs) like, it's just squirting out of my mouth as well. It's coming out of my nose. We're talking about beer, Brad. Don't worry. Okay, I'm wondering. Is a st- t- <laughs> you got to remember too that this is a guy that doesn't like to be upside down. Now he's yeah. now he's basically being waterboarded right. by yeah. Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Gitmo, yeah. baby. Yeah, you like just... donkey juice? Have oh. all the donkey juice in the world. Spill the beans, bitch. Spill it. <laughs> so finally, they put me back down, and it's like, whoa, that was an that was an experience I never thought I was going to have. And I'm pretty sure I didn't need to have, but it was awesome. I'm so glad what I did, did you, it. I mean, so does being inverted help with the ingestion of the alcohol? It definitely made me feel buzzed quicker. Oh, really? Yeah. Like after that, I was like, need to slow it down because I, I felt- No kidding. Like It might have been psychological. It might have been also all the rush. I'm sure that's a part of the it. Blood like the blood rushing to the rushing brain. The blood rushing to the head yeah, and yeah, all that. that. But dude, yeah, I felt like after doing that keg stand- and I mean, I only had like a half a beer or a, maybe a full beer on the on the bench before that. Then you were waterboarded with a 12-pack. Right. Now I'm like, whoa. <laughs> all right. Well, good thing I'm not going home anytime soon. Like, I didn't go home until like 8 p.m. And we started this at 1.30 in the afternoon. Oh, out of boy. Yeah. There's so a party. Yeah. We ate a lot of pizza. Yeah. but <laughs> Soak up that beer. Yeah. But, at, dude, at, at that moment, I definitely felt a good buzz. And and. If I would have drank the equivalent amount of beer sitting down, I wouldn't have felt a buzz at all. I always wondered about the keg stand just never made sense to me. Like the beer bong makes a truckload of sense to me. And I even yep. graduated into Mad Dog. Remember, oh, a, I did Mad Dog bongs. Yeah. And the worst ever was I did a vodka bong once. Why? Um, I mean, I mean, obviously to get drunk, but because but, I was young and unstoppable. Oof. And that was last week. But uh, <laughs> you know, it. I don't remember a lot, but I can say that yeah. about last week um yeah yeah you know th- that made sense to me it's a funnel you just relax boom now it's in your stomach boom you're in the emergency room it made sense when people say yeah you just open up your throat i can't i can't imagine doing that i just feel like i'm just gonna drown i can't so do I've it never done a beer bong it's um it's I've, like chugging I've, beer i'm not i'm not fast i'm fast enough but i'm not like i'm definitely not winning any shot, beer chugging shotgunning races. is hard for me yeah i've had them fail yep. but you just have to you almost have to think it sounds weird but don't swallow like, don't gulp. You know, when you drink something, yeah. you have to tell yourself, like, don't gulp, because it'll just go, boom, and it's in your stomach. If you think and try to just open up. to gulp it, then it's going to fail and it flies out everywhere. Just let it just drain in. So you. the secret is, just don't think about the fact that you're drinking. Hear that, ladies? <laughs> just open up your throat, try and relax a little bit. You know, think about that day at summer camp when you came to that realization. Can we get more of the piano music, please? <laughs> that also, this was recorded on just the Black Keys at London Bridge Studios. That's right. I don't know if anyone knew that, but it's true. <laughs> That's called three fingers. <laughs> Excuse me. Just relax. Dude, the worst was in college in my fraternity, speaking of that, and speaking of uh, a beer bong, and we had a thing, it was a tradition. Uh, we did a homecoming weekend. We did a stick a pig weekend, we called it, and it was just a big pig roast. Oh, I thought Ooh. you were all going to have sex with an overweight. That happened for a lot of us, sure. <laughs> you know, different meanings for That's different terrible. Folks. I'm sorry I even said that out loud. Those man. alpha fee girls. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey, oh. Omega, Omega, Moo. <laughs> lambda, Lambda, Lambda. And Omega, Moo. <laughs> clap your hands, everybody. Everybody, clap your hands. Everyone under the age of 30 right now is going, what? Revenge of the nerds, listen and watch.
It's the best music. You can find that on YouTube. Just find the Revenge of the Nerd song. It's we like, got Boog Presley on a mean guitar. <laughs> My name's Lamar. That's right. That's right. No, I know someone that knows the whole rap. I can't remember who it is. and I, I think it's like a metal Hesher guy, too, with long hair and a beard, and he does the whole rap, and it's amazing. It's somebody I know, too. It's somebody in, the, in around town. Okay. Yeah. We both know this cat, because yeah. he's deployed it randomly, and I've just been buckled with laughter. It's one of my favorite moments yeah. ever in a film, is that song. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so we have the big uh, homecoming Break. weekend. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I won't do it anymore. And with the, 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 the violin. Just, yeah, that's Poindexter. Yeah. Yep. yeah yes. Um... So what we do is we cook the pig, but then there's the pig's head. And it was a, it's a tradition. Who The newest, we call him Nibs, newly initiated brother. Uh, the newly initiated brother has to be the guy who drinks from the pig's head first. But that tastes good. What? No. No. This is what happens. So oh. you cut the pig's head no, off. I'm, I'm imagining like braised pork with ice cold beer flowing through it. It sounds like heaven. You know, when you describe it that way, it absolutely does. <laughs> but that's not what happened. Oh, it's like no. bummer. It's like, okay, it's like chunks of like brain and other crap that's been cooking. Like that's just gnarly. You know what I mean? Like it's not like anything delicious. It's just like the hell is going in my system. But what we would do is you got to kiss the pig. You, you, they cut the pig's head off. I know this is for all you up. Uh, Reb's really people. not digging this. He's got his no, eyes man. shut, man. You kind of tilt your head back, and now you're like basically kissing the pig's mouth and then somebody takes a two liter bottle of beer that they filled up from the keg and just dumps it into the pig's head and it just works its way through and eventually comes out the pig's mouth so it's going through whatever it's going through collecting it so whoever's first has to really endure all the the extra chunks if you know what I mean, oh, which man. leads to you creating it. I know it's disgusting. Yeah, everyone always this. blows chunks after they do it. Oh, it's nasty. So I was the newest of the new brothers. So oh, you I, had to do this. I went first one year for homecoming, uh-huh. and it sucked. <laughs> it was awful. Everybody else was fine because it's like at that point now it's just a clear. What's wrong, Steve? Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I hate you. You're all. spitting out brains. Why did I join this fraternity? <laughs> but it was kind of looking back on it. It was kind of a cool, very Lord of the Flies moment for our fraternity. Mm. It's like very. <laughs> primal and awesome so that to me is like that's like my extent of beer bonging is that like kissing I think I'd, r- I'd rather do the beer bong or keg stand than kiss the pig yeah. I guess yeah. I, I, instantly I just imagine like the, the you know that delicious smell of the cooked and then with the beer flowing through and I was like man why would I ever do an ice shoot again <laughs> I think the way to do it is dead <laughs> hog do it dead hog you know what's Cannon doing he's out there he's got his lips on the hog's backside and they're pouring <laughs> Coors Light through it and I think he's going to have an organism he seems really happy right now <laughs> I guess it's not like I thought it was man <laughs> and psychologically it is weird that you're making eye contact with a, a pig's head that was just chopped off as it pukes it was a live one they're mouth. supposed to be really smart too man I'm glad they I'm glad and I'm sad that there wasn't cell phone video cameras back in. I mean, there wasn't cell phones back in oh, those thank days. The Lord that would have just been a scandal man. at that point, man. Right? Uh, That's all it would have been. Could you imagine our our lives growing up with oh, cell phones? Dude. Some of the things I was involved in and and privy to uh, never needed to be documented. Yeah. Right. Ever. And I'd like to think that Ever. we would think twice of doing those things if that kind of stuff no, existed. People, no, it's not you. It's the person next to you. I mean, I would have been yep. like, dude, don't get your phone out. Seven other people would have had their phone out. Right. And then I'd be so wasted. I'd be like, oh, whatever. Film it. 
Make sure you do it horizontally so it's good quality. <laughs> Hold Get your phone face, the right sure. way. Yeah. Snapchat this, mother blank. Now, when I stick my unit in this pig's head, make sure you're holding your phone. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, use the slow-mo filter. <laughs> yeah, watch it going in and out. And just think about that. I mean, you, like, it's a pig hummer. Like, Steve, you were a kid, <laughs> like, basically, I mean, you know, a college kid at that point. If you had cell phone technology, that ruined your entire life. Yeah, like have. once it came That's out right. some years later, you know, someone looking up through stuff and being like, oh, yeah, or it goes up on YouTube right away and suddenly, you know, college frat does terrible thing. Everyone's life ruined. Dude, I'll be honest, like, th- thankfully, in the line of work we have, it would just be encouraged because yeah. then I'd have more content for our website. <laughs> like, I wouldn't just have that passing out video. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, have right. all, I'd, have a, I'd have so many great videos to share with everybody. But yeah, for most people and most people's lines of work, the, the crap you do in college college would not be very uh that's true you got and being in the entertainment industry you guys kind of have a free pass to you know so there was rev naked with a samurai sword can't wait to hear him on the air monday you know like it's okay and then the boss will put you in bed i need to talk to you about that video that just surfaced about you naked with the samurai sword in the pig's head in the beer but see i'm imagining what and And then then the boss will be like well we got twenty thousand shares on that video congratulations that's what i'm saying like i'm imagining i'm imagining hair club like listen Intercom is not stoked. That said, way to go. It's yeah. awesome. We yeah. are getting so much traffic. Now, Intercom's not stoked. Right. And this is technically a aerial quotes, disciplinary meeting. But that said, way to go. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> yeah. if you're asked, you were reprimanded yeah. heavily. In fact, I'm sending you an email <laughs> reprimanding you. Oh, yeah. And I'm CCing all the Intercom yeah. corporate guys. <laughs> like, Rev will never be nude again. And they found the body and she wasn't even dead. And right. In fact, she can walk again. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. That's probably not what it's like, though, is it? Is that, that's not what it's like. No, 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 no. <laughs> of course never, not. Never. Never. The, the reprimands are real. <laughs> right. The, the slap on the wrist is a true slap on the wrist. And it hurts. Um, <laughs> Hey, before we forget, later on this show, towards the end of the podcast, we're going to be talking with Edge, Adam Copeland oh, from the yeah. WWE. He's got a new movie called Interrogation. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I've always been a fan of Edge, so we'll, 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 we've already recorded it, full disclosure, because otherwise it would be weird that all of a sudden Glenn just stops talking. <laughs> shut and up, Glenn. Now you know. Glenn refuses <laughs> Today to talk. Today on Lifetime, to Glenn shuts up. <laughs> That's what we did. You know what? From now on, I won't have to say that. We're just going to be like, Glenn refuses to talk to any wrestlers. <laughs> And if ever there's a time that a wrestler contract. calls in while you're here, we'll just be like, we're lifting the ban of Glenn talking. Uh, if a wrestler out. calls in, just cue that piano music, and I'll know that today on Lifetime, Glenn goes silent. <laughs> so Adam Copeland will be joining us in a little bit. Rev, I want to talk to you, because uh, like we've mentioned already, Wyatt Only and the Wreckage are going to be one of the many bands that is playing at MIGS Fest, which is this Saturday night. Get your tickets. Just go to windowpane.net. Go go to Facebook. We have it pinned on the MIGS Cast Facebook page. Studio 7's got it for sale over there. If you know anybody in the 7 band, or six bands that are playing. They all got tickets. So there's plenty of ways to get tickets. You do not want to miss out. There's a ton of tickets already sold. And I'm looking forward to this place being a giant party. It's going to be crazy. But Wyatt and his band are one of the bands playing. And they just played last weekend. Yeah. And the Rev went and saw them. You actually never I met. I saw photos, man, of yeah. you wearing a Wyatt t-shirt. And yeah, yeah. It was super fun. But up until the studio session at London Bridge, you never met Wyatt. Uh, yeah, I don't think so, no. I know well, I have. And that was cool to finally meet him. Facebook friends. Um, uh, He's one of my Facebook homies, but now we're real life homies, too. Absolutely. And that's it's kind awesome. of fun because, uh, especially with, like, he, they've been on Loud and Local a couple of times. And 
and they've been allowed in local band of the week. Mm-hmm. And so he sent me a message, sent me a friend request. He's like, oh, super stoked about that. I'm like, well, I don't do a whole lot with that, but cool. Oh, sweet. take credit for everything. If anyone says anything nice, just be like, yeah, <laughs> you're man. welcome. I am the gatekeeper. Yes. <laughs> it's all me, bro. All and so, me. So he mentioned that uh, uh, they were going to be playing at Luigi's, and Luigi's is super close to my place. And so he's just like, come on down. I'm like, you know what? I need to get out on a Saturday night. And so we did. And oh, Wyatt and the band, they all, they rock so hard. They're great. They band. are so they good. They put on a great show. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was super fun. Like, just, just insane. I loved it. So, I'm so pumped to see those guys live. Yeah. And yeah. That's going to be a really fun show. I know it. All and the he, bands. And he brings it. Oh, they all bring it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But something weird happened. <laughs> yeah. It... <laughs> Wyatt took him in the back room and did he put his fingers? He in said you? yes. <laughs> it's time to be. We, we weren't going to talk that about it for free, but apparently Wyatt kisses and tells. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so oh, he right posted. now he's out there cursing yeah. all of us like. He so, calls it the Facebook poke. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was uh, um, uh, and I'm sure Glenn, you know about the band Sin Circus. Uh, I've heard of them. Yeah, they uh, apparently um, have lineage. Um, a couple of the kids are uh, uh, kids of the the dudes in Metal Church. Ah, and that's how I've heard of. Yeah, them. and so yeah. they're they're young, like they're 18, like a, like nineteen year. Aren't they like kind of like bringing back like the hair metal vibe? Yeah, like they're like absolutely like, they, but they're like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah that's they, cool. They end the show with like a metal uh, medley. They just oh, it's just absolutely insane. Um, but uh, it was kind of like their homecoming show because they'd been on tour and stuff like that. So a lot of the crowd was with them, and it was kind of an older crowd. Um, like one of the guys I was talking to at the bar was uh, one of the one of the kids' grand grandfather. So it was kind of neat to see that. But after their show happened, one of the dudes had a heart attack. Like out it in was the crowd, so good that he collapsed. Apparently. Like, did he survive or should he I not He, did. he absolutely okay. survived. Then, then I can joke about yeah, this. Yeah. He's hanging out with Vern Funk. Yeah. 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 Did, they, did they cover Kickstart the Kickstart My Heart? Or, <laughs> I or hope no? so. <laughs> yeah. But this is all really uncool. Is he, so I'm glad no, he's no, okay. No, no. Yeah, yeah. He was fine. Yeah. Um, we found out before even the show ended that he was stable, so it was all cool and all that. So wait, the paramedics rush into the yeah. venue? Oh, man. Wow. And so it, and right? It's, and it's That's weird not, because yeah. the, you turn I'm on sorry the house I made jokes. You know I'm just making jokes. This is, yeah. It's halfway through the show because since Circus was the second band of four bands, and it, it's weird because at that point, like a lot of people were there to see Sin Circus, and it was just a buzzkill. And it, it so why and those guys had to go on after that? Yeah, and they 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 still brought it. They totally brought it, but it was like, well, is he okay? Yeah, we found out he's okay. All right, cool, we can rock now again. And it was one of those sort of things, but. I've never, like, I've seen medical stuff happening at a show, but it's never been where the dude over there is having a heart attack and, uh, well, and paramedics showed up super fast. Like, it was, That's everything insane. was on the up and up. And it's, it's a like, real drag. Man. At one point, I was just sitting there and <laughs> I'm like, how do you follow that? Yeah. I was that like, should be the encore. He's <laughs> like, can I get some water? And they're like, yeah, you have to go get over at the soda machine. And I'm like, well, that's right by that. And it's like, I'm fine. I guess, <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm waiting. I don't want to go waiting. over there. Yeah, bad, yeah. bad things happen over there, man. <laughs> I had to wait a little bit. But it's just like, did you want to get water just because it's more heart healthy after seeing that? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you look at that. You're like, oh, damn it. It makes you start thinking hey, about that your cheeseburgers stuff. done. I, I didn't order a cheeseburger. Uh, it's right here. Bacon double cheeseburger. I didn't order no, that. No, <laughs> take it away. Give me a kale salad. <laughs> now. This is after this entire weekend of, eat, of eating nothing but cheese dip. And I'm like thinking of that. Like cheese dip and pie. I'm like, oh, oh, man. maybe I should probably not do that so much. 
But I mean, there's no good place to have a heart attack. No. But I would imagine that's one of the worst places to have a heart attack. It's like at a club where everybody's there to watch a rock band. I've, I've seen split heads in mosh pits. Yeah. Um, there was one. Now, this was a long time ago. I cannot remember the girl's name. Sweetheart of a girl, too. This was at Tommy's in the U District. The place was packed, but she slipped on the stairs, and when I say she broke her ankle, I mean bone was oh! sticking out. And, oh. Was um, it like Theisman? Was it Joe Theisman that, that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. And like, I remember that. Like Mike, Mike Hector and Camp, our drummer at the time, and yeah. I and, and Mark, I mean, we all kind of flocked to her, held her hand, hey, darling, got her on the solar out of the venue, and then the show went on, and everyone had a great time, but it was like, <laughs> That Ugh. point. Yeah, it's like yeah. you're just sitting there, and- You know, it, she's sweetheart of a girl, too. You're like, oh, And God. it's like the worst part is you just, like, as a-, as a a patron of the, the, the venue, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to get the hell out of the way, and there's literally nothing I can do, and I don't want to be a looky-loo. I just want to get out you of the way. You can point and laugh. She got a selfie. <laughs> you could be that guy. Yeah, take a selfie. With I don't want to take a selfie with a potentially almost going to soon-to-be dead person. <laughs> well, he's not, so it's all good. Well, yeah, now it is. Yeah, but you, you wouldn't post it until you found out the news. They say laughter is the gift that heals, brother. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you, you had a heart attack. Is it, is it helping? You could have oh, taken right. a Snapchat pic and put like one of those funny filters, like give him dog ears. Dog, dog mouth. Can we face swap with the heart attack guy? We're all going to hell now. I hope you realize He's that. He's alive. It's okay, right? Yeah, yeah right. <sighs> if he was dead, this would be a whole different... We probably wouldn't even talk I, about I it. Bring Actually, it we might be going worse. I'm not sure, man. You, you know. Steve, you've had weird stuff at the show. I remember you talking about the woman who was just like bleeding all over the place oh at my the show. Gosh, I'm trying to remember when that happened, though. Is that that girl you shanked? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't remember the I concert. can't see that chick's tall. <laughs> Dude, I've had lots of weird things. I've, I, only, I remember one. I'm trying to remember what happened with that one. It's, I'm, man, too much Molly and ecstasy in my life. I've completely burned a hole in my brain. I'm trying to remember what, what show that was. I just remember you were talking about Crap. she was like dancing with like a, a broomstick or something. Yes. And then just it was like bleeding everywhere because she like tried to pick up the glass that she dropped. Right. Oh, man. Was, I think at the crocodile, if memory serves me correct. Like, I think it was either you said croc or sit and spin or something like that. Right. And, and and it was just like, it looked like a, it just looked like a crime scene. And she's just <laughs> bleeding all over. Man. And we're all like, did she know what was happening to her or was yeah. she just hammered? I think she knew what was happening, but she didn't know what was happening, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. she was wasted. Sure. She was aware that she probably should not be doing that, but she probably didn't give a crap. Yeah. Do you remember, I mean, I remember one time being on stage and seeing the it's the only time I've ever like almost caused, well, I did kind of cause a scene because we were playing and it was like there was like people were getting into it, but some drunk idiots were getting a little too into it, and oh. they kept like trying to start a mosh pit at a Peter Parker show, which was ridiculous. But trying to start a mosh pit with these girls, and they oh, were like these man. tiny girls, yeah. and they kept just hitting them, and you could tell these girls were getting more and more annoyed, and nobody was That's saying anything. Not cool at all. And, and it was at the sit and spin, and I remember we're in the middle of one of our songs, and I just stopped playing the drums, and my bandmates were all like, "Cause I'll never be that guy." I just stopped playing my drums. I got up and I threw a drumstick in that direction towards the guys. Hey, man, knock it off. If you guys don't stop doing that, I'm coming off of the stage and you're going to have a problem. Yeah. And I'm not Captain Tough Guy, but I was like, you're watching watching girls get knocked around. And plus, in the back of my head, I'm like, the security's gonna have my back. They gotta have my back because I mean, Please Jesus Christ, I'm the freaking guy playing drums. If you're, if you're the angry and you've got a mic stand, the odds are pretty much in your favor. I'm just right. as a, as a singer, I'm just throwing that out there. It's true though, you're right. <laughs> I'm a really nice guy until I get mad and I have a piece of steel in my hands. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and in a weird way, you do have the support of a lot of people. That's right. They, you're the drummer, and they're right. here to see you. They were, that's right. So luckily, they there. stopped. We gotta help them kill these guys so they finish their set, man. Otherwise, I've wasted ten bucks. Hold that guy. Here's the hold him. 
I remember my bandmates are looking at me like, one of my bandmates goes, that was a very Fugazi moment for you. Because it's like, you know, kind of like, that's something that like Ian from Fugazi would do or yeah. something like that. But I was like, and I was still kind of pissed. Like, I'm feeling, and then we start playing it again. And then I got mad because I was in a relationship at the time, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I totally could have sex with these girls. I know it. They were like staring at me for the rest of the show. Because now you're their guardian. Yeah, yeah you're right. that guy. I'm like, I totally could seal you're the deal. swooped in, yeah. Like, these girls, I am the, the knight in shining armor <laughs> oh, for them. God. I am their white knight, mm-hmm. and I can't do anything about it other than be a good guy, of course, wah, and that's wah. fine, but you know. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Could you imagine like being able to like just slay them all? You could have been their rotisserie pig. They would have drank from your head. Wow. <laughs> First girl gets it the worst. <laughs> Way to bring that back. They pour Coors Light all over you and you're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows you have a moment of chivalry and then you just become a pervert all over again. Oh, yeah, you can't help re- what's inside, man. Right? It's like, yeah, yeah I know I did the right thing, but I kind of want to reap the benefits. Now you know what that means. And it's, I didn't. It's like an M&M, man. Once you lick away that candy shell that's left inside, it's a dried old nut. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Sorry about all that. No, Glenn, how's your week been, man? Any uh, craziness going on in the world of window panes? Nothing been- bad happened on Facebook, which was really exciting. Um, <laughs> no, uh, man, I um, I worked, I kind of worked all weekend, and then this Sunday, I know this sounds ridiculous, but this Sunday I didn't have anything to do. And when mm-hmm. I say anything to do, I mean I actually didn't have to do I didn't owe anyone anyone anything I didn't have to do anything I didn't have to I, you don't have to put on pants dude I spent the day with my wife it was incredible getting reacquainted with her we we live together I see her sometimes as we share meals but it was great <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say man you you your schedule from work and and band oh, and, and responsibilities with the band dude I mean, it's, I don't even, how many nights a week are you guys actually together oh man it's it's challenging mm-hmm. you know um it's challenging but uh, I just so Sunday I just spent the day. Now she had gotten that awful flu that was going around, so no. she was still careening towards becoming humanish again. But mm-hmm. you know, I did get uh, printable schedules done, and I did a bunch of business for Migs Fest while she was making dinner. I did do that, but other than that, I just had Sunday with nice. nothing to do, and that was incredible. I could have slept, I could have walked, I could have. Watch Buck I, I, Rogers. Yeah, and, and in fact, comfort, yeah. yeah in your own home. I sent you guys photos of the space vape. Wasn't oh it incredible, gosh. man? I thank yes. you for that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, Dude, but anyway, yeah. So hot. <laughs> I thought she Aaron was, Gray. right? Still the, is. The I black mean, bikini photo with the blaster in her hand, I thought that was pretty groovy. But then I wanted to find some shots of the vampire itself. Yeah, you're, you're sending those, and I'm like, God, those vampires look terrible. At least he got. Oh, dude, Aaron that, right that there. show was really bad. I remember it. <laughs> well, I don't remember it. I remember being very, very little and loving it. Oh, yeah, like man. that was my show. My, oh, yeah. my my grandparents would tell me about that, and I don't remember a damn thing about it. See, see, I remember dude, enough to know when you saw her and... when she had that blaster in her hand. I also mm. had a blaster in my own <laughs> hand. Oh, dude! Well, that was the first one I sent you yeah. guys, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then I found some screenshots from the episode Space Vampires, which was the one that made me go, "All right, no one's around. <laughs> I've got this I'm blaster that needs gonna, to be blasted, yeah, dude. I need to yeah. discharge the energy mm-hmm. accumulating in my blaster." <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, she just has that tiny little waist yeah. and yeah I don't know dude when I was a kid I had the yeah I do know I anyway I was talking about my wife and we segued <laughs> it's not only fair I just talked about being a very gentleman person that's and right in my that's head right. I wasn't being very gentlemanly that's right so it's only fair well I think it was, was it Saturday when I was working that I started sending you guys those pictures or was that Friday Friday I yeah guess. it was Friday, Friday. Yep. yeah yeah. Uh, yeah but I had, a, I had a chill week I had a good week um you know uh yeah 
Need those, man, especially with MIGS Fest coming up. Dude, yeah, man. Um, yeah, my week this week's going to be really crazy. I could use a couple extra days off. <laughs> I don't have them. <laughs> so what's the week like for a window pane when, when, when you guys have a show coming up? I mean, how often do you do you up up the amount of practices, or no, do you we, just kind of? We generally do Monday, Thursday, Friday, and then Monday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, depending on what's going on. But we're always three nights a week, period. Oh wow! And, oh yeah, and then um, no wonder why you guys are so well, good. When we're writing, when practice. we're writing, it's 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 <laughs> well. When we're writing, it's four days a week, usually minimum, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes an entire rehearsal will go four, five, six, seven hours as we try and develop a song, and then leave, going, "God, that sucked," and then return next week. And oh wow, it was good. And yeah, but anymore now, what we're doing is we just show up and we run the set. We show up and we run the set. We show up and we run the set. So we'll do so that. So it's like second nature when you get on stage. Don't even want to think about it. even even you know we're not dress rehearsaling yet. That'll be Thursday and Friday where usually we play songs in grips of say three or four. Yeah. And so we'll blast three or four songs unless someone throws the flailing hands up, which means they're out of tune or my snare head broke or something. But we'll just boom, 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 boom. When I watch Buck Rogers, my snare head breaks a lot. I understand. Yeah, you know, hey, Space Vampires. Just Google image search Aaron Gray <laughs> Space Vampires, man. But anyway. I love that uh, she's become the lust woman for the Makes cast, right? Sorry. Well, we can get into, well, never mind. No, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we'll have dress rehearsal Thursday and Friday night. Um, we're going to load out. Saturday afternoon, because the cool thing about Studio 7 is whopping two blocks from where we rehearse. Oh, nice. Um, That's right. Um, yeah. you practice, and I, my, one of the first practice spaces Peter Parker ever had was the same yeah, space Seattle as Seattle Rehearsal. That's yeah. Jody Opitz's building. She's been yep. around forever. Some of the artists that have come and gone through that building. Duff McKagan still has a room there, actually. That's where Loaded rehearses. Um, now his daughter and the Pink Slips, they rehearse out of there. Oh, right on. Death Cab for Cutie used to share a room with us dude, and Harvey Danger. There's some killer bands. Two um, of those bands went on to do really building. good things. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, the other one uh, didn't do Crap. We're right down the hall from the Green River Thrillers. Uh, we're <laughs> sad panda. Um, who, oh, um, man, um, ever so android. Oh yeah, um, they were downstairs in that building forever. Of course, they're off to LA, and we wish them luck. I uh, ran into to Hope right before they left. I was under the alkaline of Inca Hall. It was Studio Day. Okay, um, and I saw them and just was like, man, we're all pulling for you guys. You can go down there and own that city inside of six months, and it was cool. You That's know? awesome. And I bet that means a lot too. You know that it was to a know cool that the local, the other bands, because as we've witnessed, there are some bands that are kind of catty, and I would imagine for them it felt good to know that oh, a band dude. of your guys' stature. Is really banging the drum and, and also excited for their for their future. Well, I told them we had all talked about them on the MIGS cast, yeah. and we'd let, and they were like, "Hey, you know, we're we're not gone forever. We'll we'll be circling back." And oh, we'll, we got to let us on. know. We'd yeah. love to have you up. You got to get in touch with Steve. But it was very. Those are the parts I remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I ended up fleeing that night because Wyatt and the boys. Um, we sh- we share a rehearsal space now with Wyatt only and, and the wreckage, and we used to share a rehearsal space with Mock Society. Terry Hauser jams mm-hmm. in that building too, and. Um, you know, they those guys were like, oh, Winnipeg, those guys were going to swing by the studio. They all like Stella. Well, I guess there was a miscommunication within the band, so every member of the band stopped and got a 12-pack of Stella. So we had more Stella than you can shake a stick at. And no way to keep it refrigerated for an extended period of time, so you got to crush it. The Jack Daniels jug, was yeah. gone. Jug. jug. And uh, their drummer, um, Rob, showed up with a fifth of, like, Glenn Livett or something. It was, oh, like, nice. Hmm. And I saw that, and this was 8 p.m. maybe. And I looked around at what was happening, and I was like, hey, guys, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. And I was gone. I, I was in the truck. Yep. Oh, man, Good I call. fled. I went home, kissed my wife. She's like, how was it? I was like, it was incredible. How are you feeling? I know you've been so sick. Um, I fled. I sent Wyatt an apology the next day. I was like, dude, I could see where this was headed, 
And, you know, and it was funny. Tony hung, man. Tony hung. And, and I, got a te- I got a text from him about two and a half hours later that just read, help me. Oh, man. <laughs> On your own, buddy. Sorry. You had your chance to go oh, to the bathroom, yeah. too, sir. I think Tony just buckled himself, man. You know, and I, I, I think I had told Tony I was playing the Irish accent, but yeah. I... I Full on, I pulled a Maverick and Goose, and I didn't hit the canopy. I was out. Dude, there were times back in the day when I lived in Seattle, it happened way more, and I'd be out with my buddies, and I knew I had to get up early in the morning, but you know, still definitely a lot easier commute. But I would look at them and just kind of put my hands up, and they all knew what I was about to say. I'm like, nothing good is going to come of me I'm hanging out. out with you guys for the rest yeah. of the night, so I'm leaving. Yeah. And they knew at that point there was no arm twisting. There was nothing. I'm like, I'm done. And if you don't, if you give me any hard time, I'm doing what you did. And I'm just going to be like, well, it was one of those slowly work too, my way to the bathroom like, and never come back. Well, yeah. like they, they were going to run their set, their MIGS Fest set. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear that. And they're like, plus we have this new song, which you guys hear. And I was like, right on, man. And then um, I think when I was coming back through the hallway from the bathroom, Wyatt popped in the hallway. He's like, dude, I really want you to hear the new song. And I'm like, dude, I can't wait. Give me one second. Mm-hmm. And I went straight to the truck. <laughs> oh, it was like that. <laughs> like, I bold-faced lied to my friend. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah Wyatt, oh, yeah, can't wait, bro. Sure. And I went to the, the truck, zone, and I was there. gone, man. <laughs> I, was, I texted the next day. I was like, brother, I'm so sorry. And Wyatt's so cool. He was like, yeah. I totally understand, Glenn. Dude, that happened yeah. recently. I can't remember what we were doing. I, I, there was something going on. I think it was like a, a Sounders match, and after the match, I was going to go see the last international. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there was a group of listeners who were like, come over. I'm like, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. You but ran. I knew, <laughs> but I knew, because I knew how I am. The minute I get talking, I'm not going to want to just bone out. But I did not want to miss the show. So, and I got an email the next day, like, God, we, we never saw you again. And I'm like, and I, full disclosure, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> I ran. <laughs> I, I knew that if I hung out, I would not leave because I love hanging out and talking with everybody. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to go to the show and we were pushing it close to the, and I know how like Ted and I are. We move a lot slower than most. <laughs> I wanted, and, and Castle was involved too. I was like, between oh, yeah. the three of us, there's no way in hell we're going to get to the show in time if we stopped and talked more yeah. because each one of us would get caught up in a conversation right. and slow each other down. So this was our window of opportunity. We had to take it. Yep. And they're like, oh, no problem, man. You totally guys would have cool. missed the show and killed a lot of brain cells. I mean, I've, I've oh. been out power drinking with Ryan before. And yep. Three hours go by and it's like, wow, we're still, and he's the king of the Irish exit. Yep. I, mean, I took a photo once. Uh, he Irish exited us that night at the last international oh, show. Gone? Like, they, we're watching him rocking out, and I turn over, and he's gone. I'm like, where'd the castle go? He did that at Rockout ALS, and there was a night. <laughs> he and I were uh, we were sitting at Hooverville across the street from yep. Showbox Soto, and I don't know if Ryan was trying to quit smoking. at the, What does he have on now? Oh, he's, he's wearing a taco costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a taco costume. Okay, right here. I, I should be photo documenting all this, but <laughs> but he had this cigarette he was saving all night, and he had this pack of matches in the cigarette, and he and I were having this pretty in depth conversation about our relationships and stuff, and I was kind of just. Talking, you know, staring at my drink and talking and, you know, was really finishing this thought, this very heartfelt thought. And, and I was kind of turned, you know, you know what I mean? And Ryan was gone. <laughs> and, 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 and out through the window, not only was he gone, but out through the window, I saw him getting into his Uber. And I was like, huh. But that cigarette and that pack of matches was still sitting right where he had been. So I took a parting f- gift. Oh, dude. I took a photo of those and I made a meme. I can't remember what it said, but it was really hilarious because, you know, I was talking this hard. You know, dude, and they, I've always felt, and, you know, even with those struggles and blah, 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 and all the serious stuff. And I turned, you know what I mean? And he's he, not even there. He's not just not in his seat. <laughs> oh, dude. <yeah. laughs> 
I saw him get the, the window. Uber. I was there's like, in the car, man. There's like a bunch of sheets tied in knots, and he just boned out from the seventh floor. It reminded me of uh, an airplane when the guy's telling the story, and yeah. when it cuts back, the grandmother's just a dead skeleton, you know? It was just like that. You know, I was like, oh. <laughs> And then I think I had to pick up the tab too because he fled. Oh, he fully fled. Oh, you yeah. taco wearing dick. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's taking the taco suit off now. If anyone's listening right now, they probably think we took hallucinogenics. Like we're describing no, Castle. This is really this happening. This is real life crap going on. Ta- there's a taco costume was in our he, studio. Was he taking photos of himself in that, or did he just? Yeah, put yeah. It? we have a sti- we have oh, a station okay. taco costume, so that way when we promote um, tequila and taco fest. For the station, we can get creative and wear taco costumes. So part of his job, yes, is wearing a taco costume. <laughs> yeah, you could put that on your resume. Danny from our show wore it, wore it all morning this morning. He just wears it. Like <laughs> I don't even it. know. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, uh, he walked in the studio into my and into the office at like five forty in the morning to give me some sheets of audio peep that I printed. Wearing out. the taco, <laughs> and I'm like, oh hey taco dude, and he's like, yep. I'm like, you don't have to wear it for the whole show, just for a couple of pictures. He's he just, likes wearing he's just it. just eating yeah. spoonfuls of yeah. sour cream. Like, yeah. this is what I am now, man. We need someone to eat a taco while wearing the taco costume. Well, yeah. It's we haven't ca- done that yet. It's kind of cannibalistic. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, oh, you're in for it then. It's, like, then. it's like feeding chicken eggs. Yeah, right? Dude, we did that. I don't, you fed a chicken eggs? No, we did a, <laughs> a, a week-long... Cruel um, and sick, but luckily they don't know what's going on. Looking back on it, it's really awful. <laughs> on my old show on Andy Savage's show, we had a week where we were like, would a blank eat blank? So would a chicken eat chicken? Would a pig eat pig? <laughs> would And there was a couple others. And we would... Pig. These would totally eat pig. Yeah, I believe did you guys reference the movie Alive or the Dahmer Party. Like, would a pe- <laughs> would a person eat people? We never did. We should have. <laughs> you know. But yeah, we did like a full like each day. I don't remember how we pulled it off, but I think someone went to like a farm and would feed it. <laughs> you fed a pig pork. Yeah. Did it dig it? I do. Everyone digs. Pork. I believe so. Well, well, not if you everyone. Get past the moral things, it's like I, I bet people's kind of tasty. I bet with the right seasoning. You know, I'm just it's just well, yeah. Meat. With like a one, everything it's tastes fine. Just mm. meat, old dude. bay. Oh, yeah. See a little Old Bay? Old Bay on anything. Look, man. Every morning, I walk under that bridge down there, and it, it used to just be one or two people sleeping under there. Now there was four. Um, I don't know if anyone noticed me missing, buffet. and I don't know if you guys are hungry, but maybe we should experiment with this. You know, hey, man, what you doing today? I'm sleeping under this bridge. Hmm. <laughs> we'll start our own company called Buffalo Wild Arms and Legs. <laughs> <laughs> just an offshoot. Just an offshoot. Yeah, it's it's everyone's real friendly. I'm always waiting for someone to be cat because I've I've walked through the occasional tent city that I didn't know was there, trying to get back to my vehicle the next day, and sometimes you get the you know what are you doing here sort mm-hmm. of thing. And the cats under the bridge I walk under every morning are always just like. You know, morning. Yeah, morning, bro. Yeah. You know, they're cool, which is good, because I have to walk through there every day. Yeah, you'd hope. I mean... I'm not troubled as long as they're not troubled, but yeah, I've... I've there were a couple times, um, like, I left my vehicle overnight, and it was close enough that I would walk there. Like, oh, it's only an hour walk. I'll just go get it the next day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'll cut down onto that underpass, and boom, I'm in a tent city. Ooh. And I've had a couple of them that were just like, hey, morning. Yeah, morning, dude. And a couple of them, like, you could see it in their eyes, like, what are you doing here? And I wonder if you got a 20 in that wallet of yours. Like, yeah. You know, and I just kind of keep you, keep you yourself yeah. and keep walking. Some of the stuff I learned running around like in Baltimore and places I shouldn't have been when I was younger is don't look scared um, and you probably won't get messed with. If you look scared, that's a problem. But just keep yeah. to yourself. Keep your eyes down. Just walk. You know, that, just, that was one of the lessons. If you look panicked, you're kind of screwed. But. I remember when I had an ex-girlfriend and we went to New York and we were on the subways and I, I explained to her, I'm like, look, sit here like you own it Yeah. and do not make eye contact. 
And she's like, oh, whatever. Or if you do make eye contact, politely nod. Hey, what's up? Right, right, right. Hey, what's up, man? But like, don't just like wander off and stare at and and sure as that. What does she do? Stares and then it's like this group of dudes that are kind of like just you could tell they're up to no good and they're just like, what are you looking at? Oh no! And now I have to look. (laughs) I'm looking at a bunch of criminals. My boyfriend's gonna thwart you. Right, right. (laughs) And he's got a hundred dollars in his pocket and a brand new watch. (laughs) What boyfriend? Bye. And a sweet set of headphones. Should you see Steve getting in an Uber and there's this cigarette? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, hey babe, nice knowing you. That's called an R Castle. <laughs> right, I'm gonna pull a castle on you. But yeah, I remember looking at her, and they looked at me. I'm like, not looking at anything, man. And just look back down. They didn't say anything, like because I wasn't like, I'm sorry, no. Well, I'm just very and firm. It's cool. And then with next exit, I go, this is our exit. And like I could tell, like she was about to go. No, it's not. I'm like, Shut and I just up. grab her arm, and and then I get off, and I'm like. I wasn't trying to be like Mr. Possessive in the sense of don't look at anyone. You were going to get me in a fight. I mean it. Yeah. Don't look at anyone because some people will take it the wrong way and it's not worth it. It's about being street smart. God bless my wife is the queen of because I'll be like, man, that guy's riding me. And, and she will turn around and look. And mm-hmm. I'm like, don't. No. Don't. What are you doing? Or she'll flip right. someone the bird. No. And I'm like, oh, God. And I'm no. like, babe, that person's going to come whip my behind. Oh, yeah. You're going to be standing there screaming, stop punching my husband. Don't. What are you doing? I you feel know? fortunate because the only thing that my wife does is when she gets hammered, she just goes and butts in everyone's conversation. No, but she's it's always in a good drunk, mood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm just like, <laughs> don't talk to anyone. She's like, I'm just having a good time. I'm like, don't talk to anyone. But at I want to know their story. Uh, everyone, everyone loves Tom. Tawny Fine, when she's out, she's the same way. Yeah, man. It's oh, just, yeah I it's, love seeing Tawny. It's the parking lot thing or the traffic thing where I'm like, you know, like, God, that guy's killing me with his high beams. And she'll put her arm on the seat and whip around and stare. Give him the. And I'm like, baby, <laughs> evil eye. And for all you know, that guy has a firearm and his wife just ran out on him. Mm-hmm. What do you, you, you don't do that, dude? Come on, man. Back when we had season tickets for the Hawks games, we, I remember there was always always trouble in our section because there was a lot of tickets that were scalped, So, and you had a lot of opposing team fans. One time, we had a row of uh, 49er fans, I believe. It could have been 49ers or Chargers. I can't remember. But uh, opposing team fans are in the row in front of us. My row, a bunch of drunk idiots. And they're all like trying to like be like, oh, screw you guys. And I'm like, just trash talk for fun. Well, anyways, this one guy, his girlfriend was being super lippy. And the, the opposing team fan guy was being cool, but he finally goes, hey, man, just tell your woman to shut she, up. She needs to take it like, down a notch. And, and the woman's like, don't tell me what to do, and knocks his drink out of his hand. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This is not going to end well. The guy picks up his drink, and it spilled a little bit, but he was able to catch it. was a bottle, and he's able to catch it. And he goes, you do that again, it's on you, man. And he pointed at her boyfriend. Yeah. And I'm like, that seems like a very fair response Honestly, to what just happened. Yeah, yeah, because he should be like, babe, you need to come on. We're getting out of here. And yeah. of course, drunken boyfriend doesn't see an issue with this, <sighs> right? So his girlfriend's like, says something again. And he's like, look, I'm just telling you, this is not me. I'm not trying to cause any problems, but you do it again, it's on him. Yeah, there's a line being crossed. Right. And what does she do? Knocks the drink out of his hands. Before the drink even hits the ground, the guy who warned them full on just clocks the dude in the face. Just knocks him down. Knocks him down. And I'm like, he warned you. There was warning. What did she do? She starts cursing. And then, of course, it becomes almost like a gang war in the sense of every Seahawk fan gangs up on this guy. And I'm like, one of the guys next to me goes... He's like, you got our back, right? And I look at him and go, no, I actually don't have your back. What the hell, man? Twelve. I, I want nothing to do with Twelve this. Man, like Seahawks. Uh. So I'm like, bro, just because we like the same team does not mean I'm going to look 
and and think what you did was mm-hmm. okay. And that was part of why I needed to get done with these season tickets because I was around a bunch of idiots. But that was like, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, this guy, all he's trying to do is watch the, the game, and he's wearing an opposing team jersey. Who gives a crap? He's been well, the, yeah, yeah, man. But that's the same reason why they had to the 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 cops SPD had to wear yep. like 49ers jerseys at places just so they could be like, hey guys, you don't know who in here may be a cop, so how about you stop picking on and trying to pick fights well, with the opposing trash team? trash talk, sure, but uh, don't get physical. Yeah, I'm all about. You know, all about being way in, but the, everyone's there to enjoy the game, right? And mm-hmm. that's, dude, it's one of those things. I've been to so many shows over the years. Um, you know, it's just a certain type of person that's wired a certain way. Just add alcohol, mm-hmm. yep. and they're looking for a fight. Yep. Um, and it's a you know a big sporting event. Man, love the hell out of your team, but hey, man. You know, you think Luke Wilson wants to walk up in the stands and punch some guy because he's wearing no. a 49ers jersey? No. I, I, I mean, if you point. love your team, treat them with the respect they deserve by not acting up. Look how the two know? teams act after the game. They're usually hugging, praying together, or yeah. exchanging jerseys. Yeah, dude. If they can get along and they're the actual so ones that are, are putting their lives on the line and putting, like, you know, potential lifelong damage to their brains and they're okay with each other, I think we should be too. I, I, call me crazy, but I think we could get along and have fun and be opposing team fans. Like, I've had so many great... I remember going to the Super Bowl, and the guy sitting next to me was a, a Patriots fan. That sounds like fun. We had a blast together. Yeah, yeah. Never once... We never even, like, t- trash-talked. We were actually like, bro, that was actually a really well, good Well, you can play. do some fun ribbing, but yeah. it comes back to fun ribbing in a respectful, fun, cool way. Playful. Right. Playful, man. And then there was a moment where the Seahawks were up, and the guy in front of me was super nice guy, but he got drunker, and he became that guy. <sighs> and he starts nonstop, aggressively just trash-talking the, the Patriots fan. And I finally, like, turned out the guy was a listener, the, the, the Hawks fan. Funny. And so, right. So luckily, that helped, because I'm like, bro, he's my buddy. He might not be a Seahawks fan, but he's my buddy. And you need to take it down like, a notch, man. Let's, let's be cool. And he did, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. And the guy leans in and goes, hey, man, thanks a lot. And I'm like, bro, at the end of the day, I don't care. I, I want the people Seahawks to win. People man. It's a drag. Right. Man. And then it's when the Seahawks wound up losing, and I looked at him, I shook his hand, and I go, hey, man, I had a great time watching the game with you. Uh, congrats to your team. And, he's, and he gave me a hug. He's like, thanks, man. Oh, you can turn and go, yeah. oh. I mean, you can, it, it can be fun. It can be, and it's, isn't it supposed to be? That's how it should it's be. It's supposed to be fun. Have fun. It's a stupid well, sport. And I think most people are like that. There's just that rare few that you just add alcohol and bang. Yeah. I mean, it could be a foosball game and you're in a fist fight, man. I mean, <laughs> it's I'm true. telling you. Some sports bars, yeah. Yeah, so. Hey, let's do our voicemails, our emails, and our text messages. I feel like I've been drugged. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I have no idea what Ziggy sings in that song. We but dosed your it. tonic water. Yes. That's why it tastes like water. Well, I haven't drank fluid. much of it, but I'll go strip the paint off your car with it after the episode. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? Just a test. I, see, <laughs> I secretly slipped it with some yeah. acid. I saw that tonic water before, and it's Canada Dry. It looks like it might be ginger ale, so that's what I thought. Then I read it. I'm like, oh, I hate that stuff. Never mind. Well, I thought Canada Dry tonic water, you know, it's like good battery acid. I don't know. <laughs> but it is a little curious. Like, in retrospect, it was the only thing left in the fridge, and it mm-hmm. wasn't just one of them. There was like 30 of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't do the I didn't do the math on that. We got an email, and it's just uh, themigscast at gmail.com. This just comes from um, uh, from Nick, uh, who we know. Uh, he goes, "Hey, Steve, as you both in the Rev know, I'm a massive fan of baby metal. Their music is essentially teaching me Japanese, which is awesome. Uh, I was insanely stoked to be able to see them in July on Tuesday when they came to Soto. However, the walk to and from the show was not exactly the easiest. Glenn, I have cerebral palsy, and I need to use a walker. I have to walk to and from King Street Station. It's the longest I've ever walked. Even with the support of a walker and fellow fans, I'm still struggling by the night's end. The show was amazing. Spent the whole show in tears of awe simply due to being in the same room as these three kick-ass Japanese goddesses. Nice. The Friday of the show, I spent nearly $35 I couldn't af- exactly afford in a bout of post-concert sadness. Okay, on to the real reason for the email. While I typed this, I've been informed of MiggsFest, and I love the F out of the podcast. The first thing I did while hearing uh, the name of the venue was to Google where it is because, yes, I plan on coming. Therein lies my dilemma. I have no idea how I'm going to do this. Respectfully confused as hell. And he says, Glenn kicks a bunch of ass, and I'm really glad he's on the podcast. I think the issue for him is just how to be able to get from uh, the King Street Station to the actual show. Um, We'll send someone to get you. Yeah, I mean, if... Let me just solve the problem. Um, or if you get a cab from there. We'll pay for it. Yeah, just let me know. Get, and, get a cab or an Uber from King Street to Studio 7, and we'll we'll just take care of it. Yeah, that won't be a problem. Uh, yeah. If, that's yeah. The, if that's the only issue, and then you know, from there, once they drop you off in front of Studio 7, anybody who's outside is going to help you get inside the club. Oh, dude, we'll it, get you right up front. I mean, tr- yeah. dude, the randomest person at Studio 7 that's hammered is going to be cool. I mean, that's the one thing I love about Studio 7. Yeah, you're right, actually. Um, I've always I, had a great experience I, 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 I at doubt 7. Tracy and Nicole listen to the podcast. I wish they did. Oh, no, they're huge Titanic douches. They listen okay, all the time. All right, well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the thing about Studio 7, and I've seen this down there, um, it's, well, sometimes raves and stuff, but I'm just talking about rock shows, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's got everybody's back. Nobody cares who anybody is. And you'll have the big Viking Hesher metal dude next to the emo dude next to And they're all doing shots together. Studio 7 is one of my favorite rock clubs in the entire city because everybody's cool. I've seen strangers grabbing cats that were downstairs in a wheelchair and carrying them up the stairs to the upper bar. Yeah. Strangers, man. Not bros of the guy. Um, It is cool because it's a great club with a great PA and a great light show and a great stage. But everyone down there is... It's like if you're at Studio 7, you're family. Um, and that's, dude, trust me, we, we get you in the door, you're just going to be covered. You're going to be taken care of. You're going to be up front. You're going to be upstairs. Wherever you want to be, you're good. And let's not forget, there's going to be a ton of people who do listen to this podcast who have, if they've come to any of our listener events, they've met Nick. He's mm-hmm. the guy that that smuggled a bunch of beer in his walker wheelchair thing to the Rainiers game. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. My man. Yeah. yeah. He smuggled um, a bunch of alcohol inside the chair part. So you, you get the King Street, dude. You just let us know because honestly, a cab or an Uber from there, it's gonna be um, like five bucks, five to eight bucks tops. King Street right. Station's just a quick shot right up mm-hmm. First Ave, uh, pretty much, right? It's, yeah, yeah, First Ave, and then hang a right. We yeah. got you. So, dude, yeah, just either cab it if you have an Uber. Do the Uber. Just let us know what it costs. I'll just, I'll just we give will, you some we cash will to take reimburse care you. Of it, man, yeah, yeah. This, this is a non-issue. Um, you did, the, you did the right thing. Holding, yeah, if that's what's holding you back. Don't let it hold you back. Yeah, do you reaching out to us is the right thing to do because we'll just there's no problem. We're just going to solve the problem. Oh, and of course we'll guest list you as well. Oh, okay. That, that's that's a no brainer too, I, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I got Nick's stuff. So yeah, Nick, you're on the guest list. Yeah. So dude, there you go. Um, and if there's more hiccups to that plan, just reach out to us. Uh, yeah. Email email Steve. You, or, well, that's how to. 
you're like me with those girls at the rock show, but you're not even trying to have sex with him. It's really nice of you. Like, well, I'm told he would so smuggle nice. beer into the venue for me. You know, don't tell Tracy and Nicole, uh, but he's going to snuggle beer. Snuggle. Snuggle, snuggle beer. beer. Yeah, I have snuggled beer in my life. <laughs> Actually, I think I, I have too. You get me. You're the best beer ever. Yeah. I understand. All right. Well, problem solved. Nick, your name will be on the guest list. It'll probably be on the, uh, the, 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 the Migs Fest or Migs yeah, just, Fest uh, guest list. Yeah, just ask um because I have a I have a station guest list going, so you'll be on the window pane guest list, man. I'll do it that way. Okay. And um, while we're doing all that, I do want to just throw out because I pretty much just did. But Tracy and Nicole uh, Moody, the owners of Studio Seven, our yes. family, and we're in, in window pane. It's one of our favorite rock clubs in the city, hands down. For that reason, it's Tracy Nicole's place. It's home. There are times when I've had a terrible night and I've got nowhere to go, and I just go there. And mm-hmm. within ten minutes of being there, I'll run into someone that loves me and takes care of me. And so we love Studio Seven. We champion Studio Seven. We love Tracy and Nicole. We me love too. that venue. It's and, great bartenders. Um, it's I don't a, know who the lady oh, is on the top bar, but well, they, they they rotate. There's a couple. There's a there's, cast. There's a, a badass one. Like, um, like she just looks like blonde uh, tattoos. I don't know if Pam has tattoos. I don't remember who, but whoever it is has always been nothing but awesome. They're all awesome. Yeah. 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 It's 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 a great if you've I'm saying all this because if you've never been to Studio Seven or you've never been to see a show at Studio Seven, I'm telling you, it's a great venue and it's like the undiscovered rock jewel of this city to some people. They're like, oh, Studio 7, I don't know, I hang out in Belltown. It's like, man, get south. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a dope club right here you need to... Oh, we're going to have fun. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And um, yeah, Nick, Nick, I got you covered, man. You will be on the windowpane guest list. And um, yeah, these problems aren't problems, brother. We got you covered. Yeah, so when you get wherever you need to go, take the cab. We got you covered. Everything will be fine. All right. And, and then don't feel at all weird like when you see me, just be like, I need my money. <laughs> That's how I do it. Put it in my two dollars. I want my two. Again, another. Joke I want my two dollars. Anyone under the age of thirty probably doesn't understand what the hell we're talking about. I got you. The film's better off dead and watch it immediately. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, better right. off dead is a great film. Uh, this guy uh, BK Big Fish says, "Hey, oh Brandon, <laughs> BK Big Fish, mm. guys, thank you for having Clover Jane on the mix, on the mix cast. I love their music. Immediately decided to purchase their album. Great I love bands. their music and can't stop listening. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Sweet." It's a great EP, too. Sporadic oh, man. Insanity. Great guys. Great band. I hope you're coming to Migs Fest because that's our EP release party. You'll get to see them live, and those boys can play. They throw down. It's, dude, it's Clover Jane, period. There's really not much more I can say. Um, yep. They're an incredible band, bro. Oh, every band. I'm so pumped. I've never seen 10 Miles Wide, so I'm very uh, excited to finally see them live. There's not, you know, of course you would say that anyway, but every band on this bill is Killer. Mock Society Every too. Single, Mock Society rocks. Wyatt and the Boys rocks. Superfecta. Now, I haven't even gotten to see Superfecta since Kyle started fronting the band. Oh, shoot. I haven't so either. So, last time I saw him, and they killed, and then Tony saw him at Red Fest with Kyle fronting the band. He was mm-hmm. like, Glenn, you know, did you see Superfecta? I'm like, man, I just got here. I just got off work. He's like, bro. And that was all he said. And I know what that means, which yeah. is, you screwed up by not being here in time to see Superfecta. <laughs> yeah, every band oh. on this bill is a blowtorch, man. I'm, I swear to God, it's the coolest show happening this fall. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's gonna be. this is going to be a, a memorable night. Mm-hmm. And Rev and I are singing. So. Correct. <laughs> yeah. In <laughs> spite of that. I was about to say, don't <laughs> let that stop you from coming, but Rev and I are singing. Yeah. Uh, we did get a text. Somebody wanted to know our thoughts and was hoping that we could talk about the new Metallica song, Moth Into Flame. So I grabbed it. Uh, I don't know. If, Glenn, have you heard it yet? 
A uh, little bit of it, yeah. So I, you've heard I, Hardwired, of course. I heard Hardwired, and I heard uh, I someone sent me the, hey, Metallica's got a new video out, and I watched like the first half of it. Okay, so let's um, check out uh, the new song. I'm digging all the new Metallica. I, I am so great, pumped for this man. new record, yeah. which comes out in November. Yeah, they're, they're ripping. They're back in chainsaw mode. Not that I didn't like, you know, the Black Load, Reload. I liked all that Death stuff. Death Magnetic. And, yeah, yeah, Death Magnetic was, to me, the... That was when they went, hey, you know, Avenged Sevenfold, all you guys, mad respect, mad love. But this is who does it. But this is how it's done. Right. In the most respectful way, Paul. And I'm sure all those guys are like, have you heard the new Metallica? Um, and I was, you know, they went down the paths they went down, and I think they're all dope. You know what's funny? But, I really like Death Magnetic, but I listened to it a handful of times and never listened to it again. And it had nothing to do with the, the, the songs being bad or anything. I was like, oh, cool. I'm glad to see that they still got a little bit of an edge on, you know, a little mm-hmm. chip on their shoulder. And all I thought, and it's funny because I'm starting to see it now, I'm like, I feel like this is kind of bridging the gap. This is almost like setting it up for the next record. Like, mm-hmm. okay, now, hey, look, we still have these chops. And I felt like if they only keep in that direction, the next album is going to be even more awesome. And if the first two songs are any indication, I think I'm right. Yeah. So let's check out Moth into Flame. Oh, right out of the gate. <laughs> oh, I love Twin Leads. Yeah, that's almost Queens Reichian, man, in a way. It's so it reminds like, me of the It's like the melodic thrash. Uh-huh. It's dope. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like I remember I interviewed Kirk Hammett recently and he said it's like it's that heavy You got to interview Kirk Hammett? Yeah. Dude, it was awesome, <laughs> and he was cool as that. That's really cool, man. I didn't know that. We did it on the MegaCast, Cast. Ted Smith and I. Oh, Best I gotta part, find that. I'll send you a link. Best part about it, we started talking a little bit about Cliff, which was cool because I'm a big really Cliff Burton cool. fan. Yeah. I love all the stuff that Cliff played bass on. And then he goes, I'm like, well, what's one of your favorite stories? He goes, Cliff was a maniac. With any city we went to, he needed Mexican food. So I had to ask. <laughs> you know, I'm a hard hitting journalist. But what's his what's his food of choice? Because I'm a tamale guy, mm. and he goes enchiladas. Yes, the hotter the better. Enchiladas. Man, I'm a, I'm a wet burrito guy. Oh, I love enchiladas. Oh, dude, are we, we made still them? talking about Mexican food? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Maybe, wet. maybe not. Yeah, especially when they do the green sauce over it. Oh. oh. I like that we're just talking about Mexican food. We're not even listening to the Metallica <laughs> song. Anyway, those tamales. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that part. And yet, honestly, I was skeptical about Lars. I'm like, okay, well, is this any kind of like Pro Tools studio wizardry to make him sound so on? You know, <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, but Lars is slow down a little Lars bit. Lars is Lars. Depending on which country you watch. Well, he back, could, back when he was fast, he was a little frantic. Suspect. But, but I always liked him because he wasn't perfect. Trump joke? <laughs> He's a good guy. I have property in him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lars is huge. He's huge. I do huge, huge. He's a huge drummer. I do, I do Metallica better than anyone does Metallica. It's huge. <laughs> I'm going to build a wall around Metallica. Metallica's going to pay for the wall around Metallica. It's going to be huge. <laughs> but man, I watched them. Uh, I think they were on like, uh, was it Fallon? And then they also performed somewhere else. And man, he's on point. Like, oh, yeah? Like, it sounds like he's been jogging, he's been exercising, and his drumming chops are back. He's also been playing drums for 30 years in Metallica. But sometimes it didn't sound that way, I'll be honest with I you. I know. Well, no, a lot of people talk about Lars, you know, like, ooh. When I saw them play at the Key Arena a few years back, man, we left. 
Oh, really? Because like, it was bothering me. Like, and also my wife was uh. she wasn't feeling it, but like I watched most of the set, but I was like. She's like, you really want to go? I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with going. She's like, why? I'm like, kind of, it's kind of mess. depressed. I'm a little depressed by I've seen him Lars's twice, drumming abilities. And I was blown away. But I think Tony must have been at that same show because Tony said he saw like the first time he saw Metallica was here in Seattle, mm-hmm. and he was like, dude, I was tremendously underwhelmed. And I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah, you know, because um, I saw I saw him opening night of the Black Tour dating myself mm-hmm. um, with Gino well, and Faith at the more. time, so it's not really that's that. right. Yeah. That's right. I was I was only a swimmer, a two. Yeah. Yeah, um, but man, they just every, I've seen them twice and they destroy. Dude, like, oh, good God. When I saw them at uh, Summer Sanitarium, which was over at CenturyLink Field with Ooh. them and like Deftones, Slim Biscuit, uh, man, a whole bunch of other great bands as well. They were amazing. Yeah. Like one of the greatest concerts. So when I went to go see them at the Key several years later, that. I was like hyping them up. And we saw ACDC the night before at the Tacoma Dome. Oh, Lord. ACDC. And that also kind of hurt it because ACDC were blew them away. Yeah. As far as performance, as far as just overall musicianship. And I, I sadly lay a lot of the blame on Lars. He just wasn't in the pocket at yep. all. Like, yeah. he was missing... He's notorious for... A lot, it's weird, like, a lot of diehard Metallica fans hate Lars. He's notorious for not being a very good drummer. And that, that but bo- I've heard him shine, so I don't know. And I like the fact that he's not your typically perfect machine of a drummer. Like, I like... Yeah, it. let him be a human being. Right, sure. I like it. He's almost like a Keith Moon of thrash metal. Like, okay, it's, it's sloppy, it's not perfect, but it's interesting and different than what anyone else can do. But... When you're not nailing certain parts that you made, like, you know, certain accents to certain songs that you're, like, expecting, and he just misses them completely, you're like, bro, you wrote that part, and you're not even hitting it, and you've been playing for 20-something years, I gotta go home. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, I'm happy that he sounds good again. <laughs> yeah, 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 there it is. James Boyce sounds really amazing. Cool. I'm a big Hetfield fan. Always have been. It's one of those things, though. Like James Hetfield made the Gibson Explorer cooler than it could ever possibly be, yet guaranteed that no one that wants to sing could ever play one again. <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing Dave Grohl a long time ago, man. It might have been the Color and the Shape tour, um, and he played an Explorer for like five songs, and then finally he was like, "Hey, everyone." Do I look like James Hetfield, you know, and the whole arena cheered and laughed kind of at the same time, and he kind of nodded his head and smiled, and he took the guitar off and put something else on. So does that guitar just have a distinctive sound? That A uh, distinctive look. The Gibson Explorer, gotcha. for me, is when he quit playing Vs back in the day, him and him and Kirk were V guys. Yep. And then uh, Kirk stayed V and went Super Strat, Jackson V, etc., but James went through the Explorer phase. He had the infamous Olympic white one. That's your Master of Puppets guitar. Gotcha. Um, for a minute, I think he was playing around with Les Pauls and stuff. Then ESP made him some Explorer clones. But pretty much to me, James Hetfield is a Gibson Explorer. And they have a very distinctive shape. And if you sing and front a band, 
you kind of can't play an explorer. People go, oh, you look like Hetfield. Oh, that's because funny. it's yeah. It's like he he popularized the guitar to infinity, and at the same time, guaranteed Gibson had never sell another one. It's, <laughs> you know, like that's hilarious. M- Michelle that fronts uh, Upwell, she plays an explorer, and it works. Like you don't well, look she's at a her. Chick. Yeah, you don't look at her and go, ah, Hetfield. You just go, dude, she rules. But like me, even the way I stand, if I and I've played explorers and I love them. If I were to play an explorer, people would go, ah, James Hetfield. Funny, you know, like, it's like if you spread your legs. Even slightly while you're standing playing a Gibson Explorer, you have become James Hetfield. And God forbid you have a wristband on. That's oh, the, 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 yeah, the sweatband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're really like, you know. But dude, I see that in drums too. It's not all, as much, but like the drums I use, I, I have an old school Ludwig kit, and they're like really a big rack tom and a big floor tom. And some people are like, oh, it's like Dave Grohl setup. Yeah. It kind of has like a Dave Grohl kind of look like when he was playing with Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, if you ever see a drummer wear, using those acrylic see through. Drums, the Ludwigs. Oh, that's that, Bonham. Right. Yeah. Especially when you got like that orange mm-hmm. uh, tint to it. Well, and the big 26 inch kick. And then I think yep. he had what, an 1820 floor and what, a 12 up? Yep. I think was Bonham's set. That's yeah. actually Morrison's 1820 26. And I, I think his is a. And his is a Ludwig. He, 70s yeah, Ludwig, too. Yeah, it's a 70s Ludwig. And he alternates between a 10 and a 12 as his up Tom, as his yep. one rack, I guess you would call it. Yeah, mine's a 14. But, uh, it's, it's the Bonham setup. And yep. I have no problem with that. <laughs> Dude, if somebody offered me the one that even looks just like, not just like the sizing bottom setup, but like the visual. What was it? Were they Lucite? What was the material? I thought they were called acrylic. I I don't know what, yeah. I don't Um, know. And I've been told by a lot of drummers that those things sound awful. But if you know how to tune them. But I think Bonham was like, those look cool, and that's why he played them on stage. Plus, but. I think back then, I don't know, I feel like drums were made better. I don't mean to sound like an I old guy. I everything was, dude. I'm a guy like, that played, well, my Cracky's a new amp based on Vintage Designs, but like my other mm-hmm. head's a 74 Super Lead. My cabs are all early 70s Marshalls. Everything was made better. Like my Mar- wife The enclosures, a- just the wood was marine-grade birch. I mean, they're, the wood is better, and oh, you can't hear the difference, brother. You can. You can. I, I know it with drums. <laughs> like, my wife's like, well, you could afford a new drum set. Why don't you just get a new drum set when I bought have you heard these right and yeah. I was like you know I originally I, I traded in my old I had a black 70s Ludwig kit because I was like I don't need drum three drum sets and I have a custom um, boom theory that I'll never get rid I've of I've seen the boom theory because I yeah. love just the look of it the green uh. glitter and all that and it's just we, we've done uh, shows together right. with you on the boom theory absolutely yeah. I use that a lot I love that kit but I mean my favorite though was the, the old school Ludwig black one and I'm like well if I'm going to replace it with another Ludwig kit I don't need two Ludwig kits so traded that in to get a red version of a 70s Ludwig oh, kit yeah. with, with bigger toms just because I need it to well, be that's huge like Morrison's cur- <laughs> not curse but like the thing that's got Sean is, you know, he wants. Oh, son of a bitch! I meant to bring that damn rug today, and I forgot. Oh, that's all right. We'll get it. Well, yeah. that, that's awesome. Bring it to Mig's Fest, man. Yeah, there's a rug but, that uh, keeps the drums from running away. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, there's this a was. Rug. Okay. It was a uh, yeah. It was a Merkin joke, but um, <laughs> Sean's kit. Um, so it's a mid '70s Ludwig, but his father bought it new, and Sean's dad was Gosh, a hell of a drummer. And Sean and his dad were very close, and Sean gigged, helped Sean played the gorge with his dad I and stuff. Say, I remember seeing yeah. footage on your documentary. Oh, man, yeah. So Sean and his dad were really close. So Sean's dad passed away just, oh, it was the year we went out with Five Finger Death Punch. It was right before we went out with Five Finger oh, wow. Death Punch when Sean's dad passed away. And the, sh- the drums, Sean wasn't in the band yet. We still had Kevin Roy, but the drums that Sean plays in Windowpane are his dad's drums. That's so cool. So that kit that wow. you've jammed on, those are his yeah. father's drums. So I remember texting you telling mm-hmm. you how so cool that was. Oh, dude. And it was an honor 
to be able yeah. to hit on those drums. And I've seen photos of Sean as, you know, like a four-year-old sitting behind those same shells. It's pretty cool, but that's Sean's conundrum is we're at a point where, man, we light on the road. He's like, dude, I'm all about it, but I'm not sure I want to hit the road with Dad's drums. I don't blame him. But he wants to buy... A dope, luddy kit. Uh, yep. It'll probably go from a 26 down to a 24. He likes the punch of a 24 a little better for the kick. Yeah, that's what I use. But he's got this whole, like, I gotta buy dope drums. I want to get vintage luddies. I'm not made out of money. What am I going to do? It's like this whole thing. Like, he's got this amazing kit with this killer legacy behind it that, you know what I mean? It's like, I get it. Like, I, I can see you not wanting to tour with it, but I would understand why you'd want to take it with you everywhere you go. You right, know what I mean, right. It's an amazing like, drum set. Yeah, but I understand, yeah. too, like the wear and tear of being on the road, no matter how many cases well, you put the, them in. Well, it's the legacy of it. Yeah. Like, if something happened, it's not just a vintage Ludwig kit. Right. It was his dad's kit. Right. Like, I know? bought mine used at Guitar Center. It was like, I traded it in after all was said and done. I think I got 79 cents with all the stuff I traded in, but it was like a $700 drum kit yeah. on sale. At Guitar Center for this old 70s kit, which some people that don't understand drums would look at me like, you just spent $700. I scored. The, yeah. sh- the shells alone, I scored. I was yeah. like, man, I just ripped them off. Yeah. I can't believe they sold it for that cheap. And oh, I dude. actually just traded in a bunch of crap and didn't have to pay a dime. I got money back. When they I gave got- me 79 cents for this kit. I'm okay with it. <laughs> that 74 Super Lead that I got, I actually got that head for a little less than 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, you paid 600 bucks for that? I'm like, dude. And I took it up to Dave Cracky and was like, here's what I want. And he just made a few mods to it. And then I would see those same guys see Window Pane Live, and they'd walk up and look at my pedal board to figure out where all that dirt and tone was coming from. I'm like, man, ain't no oh. pedal. <laughs> that's the amp. And my clean sound is my volume knob. And I told you. <laughs> and then, and then so honestly, cool. that's kind of part of the thing is, it, well, who? And I, that's how a lot of how Dave Cracky's business grew was Window Pane gigs. People would see that beat up, ugly old 74 Super Lead sitting up there and be like, there's no way that thing's making that sound. And yeah, it is. And mm-hmm. here's the guy's name. And then, you know. Go talk to him. Yeah, you know. That, he too can make your guitar. That's right. But it's good. one of those things. People are like, dude, you spent 600 bucks on that? I'm like, dude, I scored. Right. You know, and of course in guitar, it depends on your, your taste. But in the guitar world, now all that's come around full circle. And now that same head, it cost over 3K. And Isn't that funny? No, dude, even wow. I, I had a beautiful mint 81, 51, uh, 50 watt JCM 800 head that I sold for, I think I sold it for. What was it 350 bucks, 400 bucks, which was fair ish at the time? Mm-hmm. And now you can't find one of those for less than two grand. Oh, and I'm like, oh. and mine was so clean, like the knobs were still a little stiff. It was like someone bought it in 1981, stored it under grandma's bed, and right. I ended up with it. Well, grandma bought it thinking she was gonna learn how to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, grandma, rock out. Yeah, that's right, man. I want to sound like that Jimmy Page guy. Yeah. <laughs> we wear the same outfits, <laughs> <laughs> we shop at the same Robert and I buy our blouses at the same place. <laughs> I like this email just because it's very clear that maybe this person must have missed an episode. Uh-oh. Um, and it says, hey, Megs, you've been talking about the older stuff that Ziggy has made for you over the years. Why don't you play the remake of Daughter for Glenn? Hashtag JPM, just plow me. I think like two episodes yeah, we played that's that whole right. thing. So mm-hmm. that's either right. you're slightly behind or you completely missed an episode. I'm slightly to behind too, man. Don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> Let's check out some of our voicemails, Rave. Happy birthday to you. Mama. My Happy other mama. birthday to you. Uh-huh. Happy birthday, dear Steve. Happy birthday to you. I love you. It's Mama. Aww. And I can't wait to see you on Saturday. I'm so excited. I hope you have a wonderful day. And, um... Just, I'm so excited. I can't wait to meet y'all. So uh, I, I see you Saturday. 
Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. I was waiting to hear if she was going to say Steve, Steven, or Max. Yeah, yeah I was waiting yeah. to see. I was that. hanging on the edge of my seat waiting to I see. I kind of was too. Because <laughs> your folks went Steven. I'm like, God, yeah. that sings better than Steve. You know, I'm like going through yeah. all the math of that. Yeah. 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 Do you turn Steve into a two-syllable <laughs> right. yeah. word? Or, or do you... Migs. Yeah, you know. Migs. You're old school Steve the producer. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the beat make song. It used to flow easier for the sonic reducer line. Oh, I'm not the producer. Right. You yeah. know, that, that was the version I loved. Because <laughs> you beat mix. I'm not the producer. I love if someone texted after hearing that song and goes, and that, my friends, was the moment that Steve the producer has officially been put to rest. Yeah. Because there's zero reference of it that's anymore. That's right. That's and, right. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny and cool. Nice. I didn't even think about that kind of symbol. We should have had a ceremony. Oh, yeah. Viking Maybe that's funeral. what we do. We have a funeral for it. What, what, yeah. Where do we do that? I don't know. We'll figure this out. We'll make it into a thing, but I think we should make a little boat and put the word the producer on it, like in birthday candles, and set it on fire. Man. Oh. Yeah. Viking funeral. Um, Rev, I'm you get it. to shoot the arrow. Nice. Yeah. I don't know how to shoot arrows. That's going to make it even more awesome. I'm from Appalachia. <laughs> I can help. Oh, God. So <laughs> I'm Glenn. from Appalachia. I can shoot an arrow. Similar to a man teaching a woman how to play pool or billiards, <laughs> oh, Glenn no, no, will no. get behind you uh, and guide that arrow don't through blow, your fingers. Don't blow my ear. That's right. Mm-hmm. It'll be like the scene from <laughs> Ghost. I was thinking more along the line Robin of Robin Hood. Hood yeah, yeah, Robin Hood. She, doesn't she tickle his ear with an arrow or I something? I think she just blows in just, yeah. Oh, so, you're right. Yeah, oh, way better yeah. relate than Ghost. <laughs> so, who, who blows on who in Ghost? Ghost to me is always just like a subliminal pottery barn ad. Well, yeah, they had yeah, that yeah, moment where like, they're, they're, they got the guys they're, behind and they're doing the. They're doesn't making he the, levitate a coin towards her in Ghost? Was that in Ghost? I don't remember that. Was Whoopi Goldberg so. in yeah. Ghost? She was. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was the okay. medium. Remember Whoopi Goldberg and Jumpin' Jack Flash? I remember yes. her in Sister Act <laughs> and Sister, Sister Act, Act. both awesome movies. <laughs> Are you sure? When I was a kid, they were. I was so pumped for You've Sister Act too. Pause. I don't know if those are going to hold up. You're probably right, but I remember being really pumped when they made a sequel to Sister Act, and I probably was the only person that was really pumped. <laughs> I never the saw habit. the si- I never saw the Sister Act. I remember Act films. the name of it. God, it was yep. called Back in the Habit. Yeah, yep. Sister, Sister Act, Act Two, Back, back in, in the Habit. Because like the quest for more money. She's wearing you know like a habit, and then she's back in the habit oh, of doing clever. what she. Yeah. Is that what that's called? Habit. Yeah, that's what that's called. Yeah, now you know. I honestly didn't know that. I until didn't know right that now. either. I just uh, accepted that it was called. <laughs> I love that Rev found a new sound drop and I he's used it. it six times. I love it. We've never done it before, and all no. of a sudden we've got a cricket sound. It's time to break the habit. <laughs> and the more you know, sound. I'm finding buttons, and they seem to work out. Hey man, more power to you. I don't mind it one bit. <laughs> Let's check out another voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's up, douches? It's Carmack. It's about quarter to seven. I'm already kind of drunk. Uh-oh. Celebrate my birthday tonight. Uh, my birthday's October 4th, so... Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy my fellow Libra. That's You're me. the third, I'm the fourth. Yep. I was actually going to try to first. come in on the fourth, and uh, so I'd love to meet Glenn, but I didn't because I have, I'm going to go golf that morning, so, you know, I love <laughs> golfing, but... Fair enough. Glenn, Steve, Rev... Uh, your podcast, that's our, it's like a meeting light in the night. I mean, it's like so positive and like, you're so, you guys are so inspirational. And Glenn is like, does Glenn not have a story for everything? (laughs) (laughs) And just, you guys are always so positive and your stories are always so just amazing that it's like, you know, and Mama Hocknado, wow, you know. Tony, I love you, girl, and I can't wait to see you on the eighth because I think you guys are right. She's gonna, everybody's gonna be like around her all night, just like wanting her autograph and just talk to her all night because she, just talking to her is like a all positive and it's amazing. It's awesome. 
I love it. So anyway, it's a drunk call. Love you guys. Be safe and uh, later. Happy birthday, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cheers, brother. And we'll see you at Mids Fest. Yes. And he's right. I think there's going to be a lot of people wanting to say hi and hang out with Mama. I can't wait to meet Mama. Me, yeah, me too. Man. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Um, do we have any, we'll do a couple more voicemails and then we'll roll on out before we get to our uh, interview with Ed from from the WWE days, Adam Copeland. I, uh, I've nope. been at work uh, okay. recently and uh, there's a girl there that's just really attractive um, and I have to clarify that I'm, I'm married, um, but, uh, but I, I find it very difficult to talk to her about it um, because unfortunately she is legally blind um, and I'm really stuck on whether I should tell her or not. I love how we all go quiet. Well, uh, I'm, like, I'm just trying to process it. So, like, that have to do Wait, with, she can't see the wedding well, no, 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 ring. Hang on. Well, okay, I bought that for a dollar, but uh, <laughs> there was... Whoa. Um, this is a very interesting voicemail. So, right? Okay, you don't you don't know how to tell her that you find her attractive. You don't know how to tell her that you find her attractive, and you're married. You, I, I'm there's a couple layers. You know, there, there's like seven layers to that, man, and all we need is some hot sauce, and we're at Taco Bell. Mm. Um Wow, yeah. Uh, I love watching Glenn uh, right now. It looks like I can see that his oh, brain is hurting. Dude, I'm doing stuck. algebra. There's smoke rolling out of my left ear. Um, if you're not happy in your marriage and you want to pursue this relationship with this girl who's legally blind, um, then I would say just talk to her. Um, or is it part of the thing like you're having trouble with the fact that she's legally blind? I, I, I'm, <laughs> no, I know. Dude, call again, leave Please. another message, explain further. Yeah, we need more information. I need more data. That wasn't enough info. Like, like that, that one, that was my problem. He's like, I'm married. It's like, so do you have the hots for her then? And you, like... It sounds like he's attracted to the blind girl. Yeah. It, but is he trying to tell his wife, or is he trying to tell the blind and girl? And does he have an issue with the fact that she's blind, or... I... I, yeah, yeah. Call back. We, we, we need more data. We need more data, dude. We can't. There's. We have like an equals four, but nothing on the left side of that equation. <laughs> so we need the two and two, brother. Give us a little more info, and we can give you terrible advice. Yeah, yes. right. <laughs> Perfect. You couldn't say it any better than Glenn just said it. All right, let's check out one more voicemail. I uh, I've been at work. Uh, Damn it, wrong one. Oh, I was gonna say, wow, he's calling. I back. was like, thank God, we're gonna get more info. <laughs> we have closure <laughs> next. Debbie does yeah. Dallas too. They answer all those questions. <laughs> All right, try that again. You know, people who don't pick up their dog, I know I'm not the only one oh, who yeah. does, like bugs, but if you don't pick up your dog, do you really think you deserve a dog? <laughs> Can't pick up the how are you taking care of them? I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't have a dog myself, but I hate walking and seeing dogs on the side of the road. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, you just... I was, you I got was, so mad he hung up on himself. I was kind of that terrible person. It wasn't my dog. But I would go for walks with the roommate's husky. So it's your dog at that moment. Yeah, and I it would it would You're be helping the grass grow. It, and that was it was always that. Well, you know, since this yard's right kind of grass, dead. and nobody's looking at this point, and it's you know the city's property right now. And I kids think need kinda, to learn how to look where they're stepping. That anyway. is true. I want to. I was a terrible person. In reference <laughs> to the Glenn has a story for everything. <laughs> let me hip you to. Uh oh. I don't know how many of y'all have ever been to Hollywood. Hollywood's cool. It's I it's have. not like you think it is. Like downtown LA, 
Um, I should say that. I should just say L.A., Hollywood area, walk of, you know, where all yeah. the cool bars are, that, the Strip. Right. Let's say the Strip. Like, like the, the strip. Viper Room. Yeah. And, and, then, and then just a little past the Strip, Those there's, you know, everything's storefront and bars and stuff, but a block behind that's apartment buildings, and it's a neighborhood. You yeah. may not, you don't think about that in the movies, but there's all those dope bars and clubs, and one black block off of that is neighborhoods, housing, apartment buildings. Um I'll never forget, man. It was uh, I think the last time Windowpane was down in that area. Um, apparently, no one—I mean, no one—down there collects their dog poo. Gross. I have never seen. If there was grass, there was seven hundred and fifty-six piles of poo. And Jeez. and Tony and I cracked up. He even got a photo of it. Mark and I think Kevin were going to go park the van in the trailer, and they dropped Tony and I in front of the apartment building of the girl we were all staying with down there. And we were dropped by these bushes, and right there in the bushes, laying there in the bushes, was a used douche. Ah! And that was our welcome to L.A., baby. Wow. You know, like some girl had done her business with somebody, probably you know on where you are? probably on the pay. You and then a tampon commercial, she, she baby. went and rinsed. She rinsed work out, and she threw what was left right there in the bushes and went yeah, right back out of the street. You got a douche. Mass and Gale. It's just Mass and Gale. Gonna get you fresh and clean, clean. Take me down to Summer's Eve. So Tony took a photo of that and was like, Welcome to LA, you know. But honestly, man, all around that building, all around those apartments, every grassy patch between street and sidewalk, it was a do not step zone. Like a Duca Palooza. I had never in my I was like, man, and we laughed about it that whole trip. It was like, dude, I'll never think of Hollywood or the strip the same way. No. Because I've never seen I mean, I'm sure that grass is power green, but dude, like seven hundred and fifty six piles of dog poo per square foot. The it, grass is like, look, we're fertilized. We're dude, good. Dude, Pick dude, up the rest. Yeah. So I'm just, that's Kermit. why when he said, I hate when people don't bag, I, don't, I hate when people don't bag. I was back in that moment, like we were unpacking at one point something. We took some, uh, the things we were worried about getting stolen out of the trailer and up to her apartment. And it was like, dude, don't. Step on the concrete. What? Don't step in the grass. You know, it was one of those. What are you talking? Oh my god! Yeah, dude, yeah, I'm first telling you. Like, oh, what is this guy all? Yeah, and then grass second, like, like, then Kevin comes around. I'm like, Kevin, stop! He's like, what's wrong? Don't step in that. What are you? Oh my god! Like it was like <laughs> that. It's we, all poo. We were in shock, man. Yeah. So there's my, and I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. Bag it, hot bag it. Whether it's person, child, dog, mm-hmm. cat, bag it, because you don't want to be. Like certain areas. That's the worst feeling is to step in that and just wondering, like, what the hell is that smell? And then realizing it's just smeared all over your shoe. Into the tread. And it, oh, I've noticed that at least in my development, it seems like it's the big dogs. Like the big dogs, for some reason, whoever owns the big dogs is not picking up after them. It's either them. a big it's dog just or a me. human. Yeah, yeah. It's either <laughs> big going. dog or Glenn, man. Because <laughs> out there. Hey, Steve. <laughs> One of the guys building the house has been part of the new phase of the development. Ah. The porta potty is being used. Screw it. They'll think it's the dog. <laughs> Which is never true. I've seen human Duke on the side of the road. Oh, oh you, so know it, you know it's, it's a human. Big difference. I watched a guy downtown in Pioneer Square, and it was a dude that had been panhandling in front of Fuel, and they were like, Ed was like, dude, get out of here. Ed, a good friend of mine, bouncer at Fuel forever, and he was like, dude, just take off, brother. And the guy walked up, and I saw him squat down between two parked cars. Mm-hmm. Have I told the story on the cast already? No. So. so he popped down, and he had hit people up for money and stuff. I saw a couple people shake his hands, and this is the thing oh, that really stuck with me. So then he stood up and walked away, and I was like, man, I think that guy deployed a yam over there. 
I think he might have fired loose some yams in between those cars. And my buddy Brian Morehouse was there with my friend Ben Kemper, and I had sold Brian Morehouse this black Telecaster. And he's like, dude, I did some stuff to the Tele. Do you want to see it? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm parked over here. It's in the trunk of my car. I'll show you what I've done to your Telecaster. <laughs> so now the three of us are walking, but, you know, Dump in the I'm instinctively rubbernecking. I keep glancing between these cars to try and confirm or deny that this guy quickly, you know, deployed some yams right there in the heart of downtown. And sure enough, man, I looked between two cars, and there it was, and it was a real serious pile of business, and I immediately went into dry heave mode. I'm retching, and you know, Ben and Brian are like, why would you look? Why would you even look? And I'm retching. Why wouldn't you look? And I'm like, I, I just wanted to, I wanted to see, you know. But the thing that struck me that always hung with me from that moment forward was there was no toilet paper. No. And you don't think about that when those people, hey, you got any money, man. And you put your dollar in their hand and their fingernails touch your palm when they take your dollar. Thanks. Just, this is why I just PayPal. I, I'm not saying. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, man. What's your email you're address? Yeah, Dude, that's you, I'm going to start Venmo? doing that. I'm going to start doing that. Bro, I'll PayPal you. What's you your got money? What's your email address? You yeah. take Square? Don't yeah, worry. That, that hung with me, man. I'll do it as a gift. That way it doesn't, it doesn't affect you. They won't take any percentage out of it. <laughs> hung with him for a minute. Yeah, you're too. right. I never think about that. Dude, yeah. it's And I'm not... I'm not saying don't be cool to people. I'm just saying watch out for that hand contact because you don't know when they last deployed yams and whether or not they did any kind of cleanup. I always have a t- tough time because I'll, I'll give money to homeless people. and <laughs> You'll also never eat a yam again. Really, that, that's for sure. Never eat a yam. But a lot of times they want to shake your hand. And it's not about being, dis- like you said, like, it's not about being disrespectful. I have no idea what they've been doing with that that's hand. That's right. That's right. I don't and shake anybody's hand for right. that reason. And so I'm like, gosh, man, Like if I would have known you were going to shake my hand after this transaction, Actually, I probably wouldn't have given you money. Like, I know that sounds awful, but I just do not want to talk well, to I've you. I've had cats where I hand them the money, and they're like, hey, thanks, man. They reach for the handshake. I'm like, dude, no worries. And you just go about your business. I mean, yeah. all about helping people. I do the probably like, pound my own chest. Thump your piece. own chest <laughs> and become double a Double pound piece. <laughs> You know, who doesn't love to give the double pound peace sign? I watched my, my boss and my friend, Dave O'Neill, get accosted uh, downtown. We were doing a loadout in the oh, middle no. of the night, and this lady came up, please help me, please. And Dave's like, all right. And he gave her money. Well, she hugged him. Oh, no. And then she's hugging him stuff. She's talking right in his face. And he said, dude, spittle flew out of her mouth oh. into my own mouth. Like, oh. Dave was really, and I'm like, dude, do you want to go get a drink? He's like, yes, I, I want to go get a drink right now. Clean. Like, I need Everclear. He was super violated. And Dave's such an awesome guy, man. And he was super like, yeah. oh, dude. And he was like, I wanted to be nice to her, but when she Hug me, I didn't know what to do. So, oh. but yeah, she was like, oh, Thank you at point blank range. That's and why. some spittle flew out into his mouth, and he felt it happen, and it oh. wigged him completely out. This should be the official uh, handshake now of the Migs cast. <laughs> Double pound piece. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pound your chest twice. Piece. When we finish beat Migs on stage, we do it. That's how we do it. We do the double thump peace symbol. Yep. I almost yeah. just flipped you guys off. I I just, don't drop that. Paul's mics because he'll he'll thump on you for that. Don't oh, yeah. don't, don't I, do a mic drop. So I shouldn't throw him into the crowd. Oh, dude. Paul uh, <laughs> oh, there's a, here, more stories. <laughs> Paul used to be the monitor engineer at the second Phoenix. Okay. And there was a band that was playing there, a punk band, and they were notorious for doing the gear trashing thing after the show. Yeah. And Paul told him in advance, hey, man, look, I know you, you, you're known for diving through the drum set. He's like, look, I got my mics on the kit. They're expensive mics. Do me a favor. If you're going to jump through the kit on the last song, cool, let me know. I'll slip up quietly, pull my mics. No one will even notice. You'll be putting on your rock show, and then you can dive through the kit. But do not. That's really cool of him to yeah. offer that. Paul's like, do not. Dive through my mics. You dive on my mics, we're going to have a problem. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And the guy's like, all right, man, all right. Well, I guess in the heat of the moment or whatever, and packed Phoenix 2, big crowd, end of the show, homeboy, dives through the kit, all Paul's mics. Paul came out of the monitor mix position, got up on stage, and got in the guy's face on stage in front of his crowd and made the guy cry. 
No, this, this is a that's true very unpunk. You ask Paul how to. <laughs> Paul was like, man, I kind of felt bad, like you know, because Paul kind of toxic. That he's got this gruff voice. He's like, yeah, I, I didn't expect him to start crying. I mean, it was kind of funny, but yeah, he, he straight started crying, dude. He straight started crying. But I mean, I told him, I warned him, but yeah, he got up and was like, I told you, blah 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 blah, right in front of the audience, and the mm. guy actually, yeah, that's worse cried. than getting yelled that's at hilarious. by your mom in front yeah. of your friends. That is the yeah. most unpleasant. La- ladies and gentlemen, that, that's Paul Stanley Hudson. One of the coolest human beings ever born, dude. Back in the Peter Parker days, we were no, we would do that kind of stuff. Like I would dive into my own drums or fall over them. Matthew would dive into me, and at one time, the sound guy's like, he got pissed, and he's like, "You're busting up my mic." He's like, and, and when he laid into it, and I looked and I go, "Man, I got nothing other than I'm sorry. If any damage happens, I'll pay for it. I will pay for it. I never even thought about that. I just assumed all microphones are just old and they could, you know, take a beating. Oh, and I was like, I never thought. And he was like. Cool, man. He's like, I think they're fine. He went through them. I, I stayed. I stuck around. That's cool. See, that's cool. He went through them, and ever since then, we would still do it, but whenever, like, in situations, <laughs> if I, I would assess the microphone situation, and while we're playing in the last song, I knew I had, like, a little bit of a quiet breakdown. I would, like, unclip all the mics yeah. and put them off to the side. And homeboy's <laughs> muting the channels. Like, yeah. cool, man. He probably had no, no notes. I remember one see. time, like, Matthew threw the, the sound guy comes over, and he comes over and looks around like he was ready to rip my head off, and he sees them, and he's like... Did you? I'm like, I removed the microphones because I knew my singer was going to jump. And he goes, Thanks. Hey, man. And he shook my yeah. hand. He's like, Yeah. You are the most thoughtful drummer I've ever met in my life. Dude, yeah, man. And I'm like, Hey, man, don't tell anybody because, you know, we still want to look like we're destructive. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to be a dick. Responsible punk. Oh, right. man. Oh, there was a guy, uh, the band was called Cabrini Green, but the guy used to come by a, a Squire Strat once a month. It's like an $89. Stratocaster ripoff, uh-huh. and he would buy one a month. And if you went to go see Cabrini Green, you'd figure out why because the last two songs he'd play that guitar and then he'd smash it, and the audience would go wild, it. you know. And they, they made four hundred at the gig, and yep. eighty nine ninety nine of it went towards. <laughs> I would save my old appearances. Oh, dude, I was I was such a schlep though. He destroyed that thing, and I'd be like, dude, and I go up and free tremolo springs, and I'm gathering up all the parts, man. <laughs> Do you ever went for a while? We got like I, I had like this whole thing where I like stand on top of the bass drum and just like kind of knock some things over and I would save the symbols that were beyond repair like they were cracked oh yeah and like I would usually make them be like the second symbol that I barely hit like but every once in a while I would hit so it didn't matter right. and as as it still sounded somewhat like a symbol it's fine by the end of the show I'm standing on top of my drums I'm undoing the symbol and then I just take it and spike it like a football uh. and the whole place would go nuts like he is a primitive maniac yep. like, and in my head I'm like yeah, I was going to throw this yeah. symbol away anyway. Yeah. This, this is the broken symbol. Right. Well, Sabine's already shipped me my replacement. Yeah, rock and roll! Destroy it a few times, and then i take it and just kind of like lightly throw it out into the crowd, See. and someone would keep it. And they thought, this is amazing. He just gave me a $300 symbol. Well, yeah, I was going to throw it away this anyway. Is, these are the secrets uh, I think bands need to know so they don't incur the <laughs> yes. costs of actually doing the legit stuff. Yeah. Unless, yeah. unless you're Mike McCready, don't shove your guitar through your stack. And no. I bet even then after the show, Mike's like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, <laughs> that was a '57 Strat, and that cab sounded great. Why did I let the moment get to me? Exactly. I bet you secretly he was like, oh. I wonder. There's probably a lot of bands that have their quote unquote calculated moments. It'd be kind of fun if we were responsible talk- rocking, right? Like in the back of your head, you're like, I can't afford to be this destructive, but it's very rock and roll and very. And like we took pride in being like, we were very inspired by the Who. 
You know, oh, see, I mean, and there it is. And, and that was the who. I mean, they, they left the stage in shambles. I could never afford to replace my gear if trash, but also, I mean, even back my drummer probably would have beat me up on stage in front of everyone, which, what a show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'd, way back when, I mean, even when that was kind of hip, I'd turn around and look and be like, man, if I died through that drum set, that's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go hurt. I want to go flirt with that girl over there. I that's gonna hurt. That thing's got points on it, man. Oh, dude, there's I mean, pointy stuff. Oh, absolutely. That's gonna hurt. I had to go to a hospital <laughs> once to get stitches in the back of my leg because my what? as uh, my singer dove into me, and then I dove more into my drums. Mm. And at the time, adrenaline, you don't feel it. Well, hanging out post party, and I think I've shared this before, but the back of my leg is covered in blood, and I didn't know because oh, I just switched from jeans oh, to shorts. Dude. And everyone's like, "Bro, you're bleeding. You're bleeding bad." And so I had to go to the hospital and get stitches. Apparently, one of the the on the symbol stand, you know how they have like the part that tightens it, the oh, lug. Oh, sure, mm-hmm. man. It it went right into that, oh. and it ripped. I mean, there was I won't get too much more graphic, hurts. but yeah, it, no. it was nasty. And that was the last time I really like did not <laughs> think it through. Like, okay, is everything in a good position? Am I diving into a spot that doesn't have a lot of lugs. <laughs> There's pillows behind my kit this time. <laughs> the Nerf kit. We did a, a show at the Lake Point uh-huh. years ago. It was me, Mark, and Mike, and it was hotter than an oven because it was a small, low, uh, a high stage, but a low ceiling. So the park hands are right on you. So it's like performing on the surface of the sun. And um, we had ended our set with War Pigs, and we got off stage, and I mean, just pouring sweat. And the place was packed. It was a great show. And someone's like, man, your bass player's down. And I'm like, yeah, I don't doubt it, man. It's really hot up there. They're like, no, dude, he is down. I'm like, oh, it's probably from the heat. And they're like, no, dude, he is down. Okay. And I turned and I down looked. Down the party? And against, <laughs> uh, against the back wall of the stage there, Mark was sitting there with his legs out, kind of akimbo, limp, ragdoll limp, oh, with like four people around him, and I thought the heat had caused him to collapse. No. What had happened was we ended War Pigs, and Mike did a huge crash at the same time with both hands, and when his sticks hit the symbols to the right and left of him, he let go of the sticks. Mark had turned at that very moment to bah with Mike, you know? And that stick came off that symbol doing Mach 7 and hit him right across the bridge of the nose and knocked, knocked him, him unconscious. <laughs> oh, my God. No. It knocked him out. It, it didn't hurt him. It knocked him out, man. Damn. And Mike what had no idea. Is he Dude, I think he was playing 5Bs. Um, <laughs> and Mike and I were like getting a beer, and man, it was hot up there. And Mark's in a pile with people around him. And we didn't know what had happened until afterwards. We were like, Dude, was it that hot up there? And Mark's you know, kind of holding his face. He's like, No, man. Don't ever. Ever do that again? <laughs> you know, and Mike's like, oh, I'm so sorry, but yeah, there's a there's a Nirvana moment for you. That is Knocked awesome. him out. Knocked that him is out, man. Awesome. That was at the uh, LFI or the Lake Point, the Lake Forest End. Remember that? Yeah. Remember uh, that club, y- man? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that was the place. Dude. Jesus, it's so, so awesome. Sorry to go into story mode. No, I, I could. That's a good one. If anyone out there has been in a band and has stories like this, please leave us a message two five three two seven one four seven eight seven. I'd love to hear them or email them to us. Or if you have war stories, please. The war stories, like we've been. talking talking and also the stories of controlled chaos i want to know like what <laughs> your secrets your yeah, yeah like because we have a lot of people great, now especially man. thanks to you glenn a lot of people in the local scene that are listening to the mix cast now and it'd be great to hear those stories and we'll have to remember this when we talk to bands like when yeah. we interview whether it be local bands or whether it be the national bands that we have the opportunity to talk to on the phone or in studio I can listen to these kind of stories all day long. Cobain was tough. Drum sets aren't soft. No. (laughs) Cobain was a tough little fellow. I remember when... (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't want to fight him. He feels no pain, apparently. Yeah. I mean, it's a a beating. There's a lot of moving parts, and there's a lot of 
pointy parts. Do you remember that MTV Music Awards where Nova Selich threw his bass? Yes! Yeah, and it, 700. Caught with, oh. it caught him with his face. Oh, man, I felt so. I was like, oh. I mean, you know that hurt. But you when I was a kid that watching hurt, that, did oh, you not killer. think? Right. I thought it was dope. That was, was like the most a, rock star thing I had seen. Well, it was real. It was right. honest. Yeah. I was like, wow, he just took that to the face oh. and kept going. Yeah, well, I remember, no, he staggered off stage. It was the end of the set. He was holding his face and staggered oh, okay. off stage on I national television. Going, you're right. No. Okay. Dude, but it's funny. You meet Chris. He's six inches taller than me. He's eight feet tall. And a gentle giant. And he's the mm-hmm. quietest, most friendly man. And the first time I met him, I was like, oh, man, I feel really bad now. I saw that bass hit you in the face, and that's not <laughs> cool, man. I want to hug you for that, bro. Yeah, man. Poor guy. You know, if he was some big hesher like Zach Wilde gets hit in the face, you're like, Zach can take it. Yeah, Zach, Zach, Zach you know, will probably yeah, take a bite out yeah, of it. Too. Zach will eat that bass after. But Chris, you're like, oh, dude. No, he's like a sweet, I'm so gentle, sorry. Yeah. He, that just genuinely missed the catch. Yeah. Oh, man. I bet you can YouTube that. And it's it's, oh, yeah. it's rock and roll as hell. That it's whole performance so cool. is great, too. Yep. I, mean, I remember watching oh, that. Oh, they destroyed, man. Yeah. I mean, a fantastic band. Dude, I'm, VMAs back then when like Pearl Jam or Nirvana legit, performed. Dude. Like Pearl legit. Jam performing Animal. Remember that one? Oh, oh, yeah. With Neil Young afterwards, they did Rock yes. in the Free World. But even going back into the hair metal eras, I mean, Bon Jovi with Dead or Alive, they basically yep. created that whole thing that became MTV Unplugged. I mean, those award shows used to be really cool. Yep. And now, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Popstar, but the, yeah, the guy that's the DJ, and he's got all that equipment, he's like, well, basically, I just press play on this iPod. And I cracked up laughing, because yep. I'm sorry, that's mostly what you're seeing, is people dancing and lip-syncing to Everybody, an iPod. That was Yorma from uh, The Lonely Island yeah. that, that plays the, the DJ. On, that movie's uh, really uh, funny. Awesome. If you haven't seen Popstar, oh, it's I funny. I love those guys. Dude, it's way funnier uh, than I thought it was going to be. Like It's funnier the, than it should be. The limo scene was the apex of the humor for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's I don't want to do any spoilers, but there's a scene that takes place in a limo about three quarters of the way through the movie that you is just it destroyed me with laughter it destroyed it's me. laugh out loud funny lots yeah. of great it's the lonely island guy so if you like movies like hot rod you're gonna love yeah. pop star it's so good yeah. all right i think it's time for us to do our, our, our chat with adam copeland uh from wwe's edge he's got a new movie and it's called interrogation adam hey steve how are you oh man i'm very excited and, and stoked to be able to talk to you uh i'm here with the rev as well we're both uh, huge wrestling fans huge. uh before we get into the movie i want to bring up something because i love that you're introduced as adam and i watched that special about you on the wwe network and i thought it was such a I don't know I, I mean I've already have a, I've been a fan of you I had so much respect for you that you were like I don't want to be defined by a character name when I meet people I introduce myself as Adam because I want them to know that I'm an actual human being and I thought that was just such a I don't know how to it's not really even a question I just thought that was really cool <laughs> well it's interesting with wrestling because it's this I don't know it's this weird melting pot of things right so for 15 years I was on TV as, as Edge yeah. So it, it's kind of like, you know, Michael Richards is forever Kramer to some people, or Seinfeld is Seinfeld, at least that's his real name. But it's not like movies where, you know, De Niro is going to play the dude from Cape Fear, then he's going to play the dad from Meet the Fockers. So you, you don't ever get stuck <laughs> on, you know, he, he's Robert De Niro. He's not, you know, crazy dude from Cape Fear. Um, but sometimes wrestling fans lose, can lose track of that, like, and it's just because of that. Every week, you're there, and you're that guy. Right, and they just kind of they, they forget that. They're, they're blurring these lines when it's like, hey, man, I'm not that guy always. You don't have to be that mad at me. I'm, not, I'm a bad guy on television, but I'm a good dude. And I think it's cool. Well, I, oh, sorry. Well, I've had people that, that, like, when they meet me, I'm like, hey, Adam, good to meet you. No, you're not. I'm like, well, no, I am. No, you're it. I'm like, no. I, yes, it was, you know, a character, but uh, I'm Adam. 
Do you also think it's important too, in a sense, to like? I, I see this in radio, and I remember one time working with a guy, and, and and like he truly was defined by his radio. He wasn't going by his real name, and he was defined by that. And when he lost that job, he almost it pretty much lost his identity. Does that Dude, exactly, exactly? And that was I've seen that happen. So I was like, all right, that's not going to happen to me. I'm Adam One Edge Two, and uh, always keep track of that. And I think when you're done it's much easier to kind of assimilate back into, you know, that, that uh, regular life. I remember even having that conversation with my wife and when she was, cause I had that same philosophy and she, cause she's like, well, what would happen if you lose your gig? I'm like, I'll just find something else to do. I mean, as much as I love doing radio, I don't want to make it be, you know, like with wrestling. I mean, I don't want to like spend my rest of my life being like, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and I just got to move forward. And I thought I, I watching that special, I felt like there's so much to learn from that outside of just as a wrestling fan, just like how you handle yourself. And I just wanted to give you props for that. And then uh, oh, I want to give you a lot of love for interrogation. It's funny on Sunday night, we finished watching the Hawks game and I tell my wife, Hey, you want to watch a movie? We typically do our movie nights on other nights. She's like, okay, interesting. And I'm like, cool. This awesome action film I've been hearing about. Cause I didn't want to tell her it was a, a WWE film because she gives me a hard time with my obsession for wrestling. She's like, that's all you ever do. Watch wrestling, this, that. And I already promised her I wouldn't watch the pay-per-view on Sunday and I'd wait until she's working on Monday. So as we're watching it all starts up and then there's a WWE film. She's like, Oh, you tricked me. I'm like, let's just watch it. Man, both of us were just loving this movie. It, it, it's a fun action film, but then I don't want to give anything away, but what I loved about it, it's like just when you think that this is like, you know, your fun, kick-ass action film, man, there's some serious like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, like some twists and turns that just, I mean, usually, you know, you could kind of see the writing on the wall with action films, and I, and I did not see some of these twists happening at all during this movie, and we loved it. Well, thank you. That was uh, really, when I got the script, um, I was initially uh, about to be contracted to do this TV series down in South Africa, and then I got the script. Um, Hunter actually called me and goes, oh, we, we wanted to see if you could do this movie, and then I read the script. I was like, yeah, I can do this movie, because this, this is interesting, and, yeah. and there are those twists, and uh, it's meatier than just an action flick, which... You know, it's great to do car chases and, and, you know, fire guns and do fight scenes. And that's that's always fun, but it's nice when it's more than that. And that's what this character in this movie was, I thought. So that is really what sucked me into doing it. So I'm glad that it actually got people interested in, in that. If they were just expecting an action flick, that was a little bit more than that. And even just in terms of what's going on in the world, um, it kind of resonates, too. I've, I have also, I remember seeing you in uh, uh, Highlander Endgame, and I was really stoked because I was like, oh, sweet, it's going to be, you know, Edge in a movie. And what is it like, what was the difference like for you uh, doing in a movie like this uh, as opposed to um, the, the new movie? Well, with Highlander, I mean, I was in the absolute, like, middle of the craziness of WWE. Yeah. Just starting to, you know, do the, the ladder matches with the Hardys and all of that thing, you know. That's all beginning. And then WWE calls me and says, hey, do you want to do, uh, you know, just a small part in the Highlander movie? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> that sounds like fun. So in a week, I'm standing in Romania in this forest, you know, at four in the morning, and there's wolves howling, and you're like, what is happening here? Like, what, what just happened? I was in the Boston Garden last week, and now I'm standing in the Romanian forest. Wild. Um, and it, but it was, it was great fun, it, but it was really just kind of a one-off for me. It was like, yeah, wrestling's my thing. This is just cool to be able to say I did it. Um, I gleaned enough from it to know that it was fun, though. 
so when I retired, again, I didn't have any aspirations of being an actor or anything like that. But um, the show called Haven, the producer yep. saw my retirement speech. They wanted to tie in with SmackDown, asked me to do a part on the show. Well, the one episode turned into 42 episodes, and I realized about halfway through, I was like, nah, I really enjoy this. Like, I think this is the next step of what I'm going to do. I, I need a creative outlet. I need to kind of get those juices out to, to be a nice guy at home, I think. Um, <laughs> and it, not that it replaced wrestling because it's different, but I definitely, uh, you know, I, my mind is wired that way. So this has really become a, a nice outlet for me. And, you know, coming into this movie, we filmed it in 11 days. I mean, it was just it was madness. We just, um, I would shoot, you know, film a fight scene and go straight from that directly to an interrogation scene. So I had to have completely different mindsets for both, which really, really kept me on my toes. Um, it was very challenging in that respect, which is great. You know, on paper, I looked and went, oh, man, you're killing me. But then you do it and you go, okay, but I pulled it off. Cool. And you mentioned interrogation. We're talking to Adam Copeland, Edge, uh, from the WWE days, and interrogation. It's on demand. That's how I watch it. Also, it's on Blu-ray and uh, DVD as well. You can check it out. Uh, you mentioned the, the fight scenes. Is it true that they had a stunt double for you, you chose not to have him, and then you got injured? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, was, I was dumb. Um, <laughs> I was like, ah, I got these. You know, and I had this great stunt double. His name's Glenn. He's huge. Because usually it's hard to find a stunt double that can can do the stuff that the characters are asked to do, at least in my experience so far. Glenn can. Um, but I was like, nah, we got this. You know, no problem. And um, the second fight scene I had to do, sure enough, I got kneed right in the ribs. Ooh. Kept going. We finished it out. Finished the movie. You know, um, took a lot of Epsom salt baths to, to get to the end. And then I, uh, I drove down the coast. I drove through Seattle, as a matter of fact. Um, because it's, you know, it's my favorite city, but, uh, thank you. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it really is. I love that city. And so I stopped in Seattle. I spent the day there and just kind of did the touristy stuff. And then, uh, but I was like, man, my ribs are killing me here. Like I know hurt ribs. These feel pretty hurt. <laughs> so, um, as I was going down the coast to Oregon, I got, I think it was Cannon beach. And I was like, I got to go check this out. So I went into a, a walking clinic and got x-rays and I said, yeah, you have bruised lungs. I was like, Oh, all right. And that was from a knee, <laughs> you know, this guy just hit me with a knee and felt horrible, obviously. But it was interesting because, you know, with wrestling, you just get used to that all the time. You're just always getting hit. So you, you build up a bit of a callus. But I'm not used to getting hit anymore. So, so when I do, it hurts a lot more. Oh, man, yeah. I, I know I read something that said, like, yeah, you got a rib and a lung. I'm like, geez, man. How do you even bruise yeah, a lung? Yeah, oh, my the, gosh. It, it, well, they, they said you have a contusion on your lung. I was like, well, hold on. Let's thumb this down for me. So does that mean I bruised my lung? <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's I, I have to. I know i got to get you uh, on to the next interviews and stuff. I just had to ask you because you said that Seattle's your favorite city. What, what, what makes Seattle so awesome for you? Uh, the climate, you know, um, I, how green it is, mountains, ocean, yeah. uh, music scene, um, coffee houses. I mean, you have mountains and ocean. Any any place that has that for me is is huge. But then you also it's like Hendrix and Pearl Jam's my favorite band. But it's like just everything about it, really. I feel you, man. I'm a big Pearl Jam fan as well. And just last week, we had the, 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 the treat. We got to go to the studio, London Bridge Studios, where Pearl Jam recorded 10, Alice in Chains recorded, a Mother Love Bone. 
My, yeah. Dude, next time you come to town, let me know. We'll take you there. You can go on a tour and check it out, and, uh, and we I can screw around the a studio. Change of underpants for that. <laughs> that that's that's why that's a wet dream for me. Oh, join the club. Yeah. It was for me as well, man. I was like, like one one listener said, you look like a kid in a candy store in the pictures, and I'm like, I I got to touch the piano that Andrew Wood played for Chloe Dancer and Pearl Jam used for Black, and I I thought I was gonna faint. Dude, I I would I might poop on the piano by accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess I have to take back the invite. I don't know if they'll allow that. <laughs> Maybe some adult diapers then. <laughs> yeah, we'll both rock some Depends. It'll be awesome. Dude, no joke, though. If you do come to Seattle, you get the information from the crew over there. If you want, I can take you on a tour of London Bridge, man. It is an unbelievable experience. I would absolutely do that. A couple of months ago, I was sitting at the, the Sound City um, soundboard. You know, because yep. April bought it. So I was sitting there and, like, I didn't touch anything. I just sat there like this rigid little boy, like, oh, my God. You know, it just blew my mind. So, yeah, that, that would be amazing. They have that same board at that studio, and it was weird seeing my own, because we were recording a little thing for our show, and they had and my name was written in like on, on masking tape. And I'm like, I, my mind is blown. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to make you late for your next interview. I'm so sorry. But interrogation, it's on demand. Blu-ray, DVD. Uh, Adam, uh, I, I, like, like I said in the beginning, man, I'm a big fan. So is The Rev. And mm -hmm. it's a complete honor to get to chat with you and just and also just chat about silly stuff like Seattle stuff. I, nothing I but love for you. This is great because I don't, I don't get to talk about, you know, Allison Chain's dirt a lot. So this is great. Oh, man. Get in the <laughs> studio, man. We'll just, we'll just bro down about all the Seattle music and just get nerdy about it. Totally. I'm in. All right, man. Take care. All right, take care, guys. That was awesome. Wow. Holy smokes. Who thought you would just bro down with Seattle, This just Seattle, not even just music, but including that? Wow. Oh, I feel bad. I don't, I'm don't. i not the guy that likes to make people late for interviews, but I was just like, uh, I had to ask about Seattle, and who knew it was going to go down that road? Dude, that was so cool. Oh, man. I'm still geeked about last week. <laughs> Glenn, I'm, I'm bummed you missed it, though. Um, for anyone who listens... Where's my piano music? <laughs> That's right. Bum, 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 bum. Dude, the guy is obsessed with London Bridge Studios. Oh, we'll get him up there. Gotta get him up there. Yes. Man. Beyond cool. Yeah. Dude, after that interview ended, I got a text, an email from his publicist saying, can you please give me your cell phone number? Adam wants it. Edge wants... I'm a wrestling fan. This oh, is yeah. insane. And That's he's, so cool. Like, he's legit going to hit us up when he comes to the Northwest. Well, I know Jonathan and all the guys up there at London Bridge would love to show him around. I now, mean, they're proud of that place, and they should be. Please warn them that he did say that if he walks in there, he's going to crap his pants. I did the first time I walked in. All right, good enough. I was hungover. I wasn't feeling well. Oh, so they already have the uh, squeegees in place. Then. That's correct. All right, one last time. Migs Fest this Saturday yeah. night. I can't believe it's Studio here. 7. It's coming, man. Get your tickets in advance just to avoid it selling out or take the chance and come up to the door. There might be a few tickets left. So, yes, please join us Saturday night. Studio 7, window pane. 10 miles wide, Mock Society, Superfecta, Wyatt Only in the Wreckage, Clover Jane, it's going to be a party. Studio 7, Rev and I are singing too. Don't miss it. Stay positive. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.